Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easier. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you, thank you, gentlemen and guns. Honey. Happy January 9th, everybody. This week's episode, Maz Jabrani, Sam Tripoli. As always, go to birdbirdbird.com. Get a Cogs of the Machine shirt. A machine shirt tornades. This is the Birdcast. Yeah. <laughs> telling me my thing doesn't sound right. Yeah. Oh, that's all people say is your sound. The fucking sound sucks on your show. All right, we're recording. We're in here with Moz. I'm impressed, Tripoli. dude. This, this is the best, the best studio ever. I've ever been in. This is my, this man cave's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's uh, if I fucking I, when I Bert Gonker got canceled like the day after I got this man cave, and I was like, I'm cool. Wait, wait why'd they cancel it? Um, it just, it wasn't doing that good. Oh. And, uh, they had like a, ch- it was, you know, how oh, many, so how many seasons? That, that's your new show two. or your no, old show? It's my old show. What's your new show? Uh, Trip Flip. That's yeah. so great. Trip Flip's, Trip Flip's doing great, but, uh, they, they, they just, just wasn't doing that well, but they can't, they didn't cancel it technically. They put it on hiatus and then they called me and told me, but I was like, I'd gotten this man cave from them, and I they'd given me such a great, like, such... When you say you gotten this man cave, you, you mean that this had helped you, that this has helped you... Would th- you build this? They, I, I went, so, uh, I probably, sh- I mean, that's fine. So the company that owns Travel Channel is a company named Scripps. They own DIY also. So we do, every year we do upfronts, like every, it's totally different than the other upfronts, but we go around and all the people from DIY, HGTV, food, cooking, like Guy Ferretti... Ferrari or whatever his name is, yeah. like those types of guys, Rachel Ray, all the DIY guys, all the HGTV guys. Do the guys. Cook, cook people party? What? Do the cook people party? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Not like the DIY dudes. The DIY dudes. What's DIY stand for? Do it yourself. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so, cool as shit. So I go to this, I go to DIY Networks, I go right up to them. The guy that was running DIY is a guy named Annie Singer. He's now running Travel Channel. And by the time he was running, and he was with... Uh, some of the DIY hosts, and I walked right up to him, and I was like, I want a man cave. Because they have a show called Man Caves. Oh. And he goes, Tony Sargusa, Jason Cameron. I think he was with Jason. He goes, he goes, we can do that. And I said, I want a man cave bad. And he goes, why don't we do that? Why don't we do a crossover? We'll have the man caves guys do an episode of Bert the Conqueror, and they'll do your man cave. And he goes, but I went to Florida, and I went to Florida State. And he goes, so if I do it, I'm going to put gator shit all in your fucking man cave. Hilarious. And so there's three gator heads at the front of my man cave. That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So wait, so this was just a garage? This was a, this was a woodworking shop next to our, attached to our garage. Our garage is next door. They closed off the entrance, opened up this wall to the backyard, put like 1,700 square feet of pavers in it, two flat screens. That's a TV too, that map. What? That map goes up. What is what? this? I spy shit? Uh, Wait a minute. Now let me. Ask, well, first of all, why do you need two TVs? That's I don't know. You know. No. <laughs> why wouldn't you need two TVs? <laughs> <laughs> we need a third TV. This is. Uh, the, yeah. This thing. is that so you have like the stock ticker going while you're over well, here watching the football yeah, game. Exactly. No. Sadly, they can't even go to different channels. They're, they have to be the same channel. <laughs> so, Hilarious. But you can watch the TV out on that couch. So out there. here's my question to you: Do you get? Do they come out? Do they? Do they 
get this thing permitted, or do they just do it? They do it. They get it permitted. They everything. Oh, that's it's, so that's awesome. The best part because you could do that. I was talking to Madrigal about this. He wants one, and he was like, I, "I'm going to just do it." But it's the hardest thing is to get permits in L.A. That's well, yeah, I, I have, thing. I have a the back. Are, I think yeah, you have a man cave kind of too. It's kind of a man cave that I don't even, it's not, I don't use it, so it became like a storage space again. And uh, but we had someone come out. She did a really good job, but we didn't permit it. Yours is yeah. more of a dojo. It is more of a dojo. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like a yoga yoga room. Um, but no, but the problem is then when you go to get your house uh, um, appraised. They're like, we can't include that in there because, yeah. you know, basically that means if someone's going to come by your house, let's say whatever, just for round numbers, let's say that they were say like, let's say your, let's say your house were uh, 500000 right? Yeah. And if they're going to come by your house and you're like, well, I got this back thing, that that's worth another fifty to 100000 Right. Yeah. The, the bank will not add to their loan to this person to buy, to pay for the extra in the back. So basically the person themselves kind of has to have money to be able to go... I don't care about. Wouldn't that be weird if you sold your house but you still owned that's the funny. man cave in the back? <laughs> that seems like a- You're like, dude, Bert keeps coming back here. Hey, I'm sorry, that's I just part of the deal out my that man. I, cave. I, that's the only thing. We're not. This house sucks, but we're not going to get rid of it ever because I love this fucking man cave. That's awesome. Just, yeah. So you actually do watch stuff back here? Oh, dude, Game of Thrones on Sunday nights. I light up both TVs, put the surround sound, and that awesome medieval just fantasy surround sound. There's speakers everywhere, right? What about your... Does your wife watch it with you or you just come in here alone? I come in here alone and I take the couch and I angle it so I can see both TVs. Hilarious. The best is when they're both... The TVs are 3D. I I gave the girls an anxiety attack one time. I put the 3D glasses on them, set them up so they're just (laughs) getting bukkakied by 3D left and right. (laughs) My daughters are like, it's too much, daddy. That's great to talk about bukkakied. Yeah. And your daughters. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> do you have sensors here so you know if the woman's coming out in case you're looking at some crazy stuff? No, no. She's like when Game of Thorns is, is done. It Thrones, Thrones, Thrones. Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thrones. <laughs> We're not talking about Jesus that's, here. That's a different. Game of Thorns. That's a whole other. That's a totally Game different of show. Is about when Jesus, Game I of Thorns. What Game of Thorns is? Thrones is done. Like. Uh, do you? Because now, like your wife's inside, she's probably—is she waiting for you to finish? Or no? So you're sitting here, you're like, okay, I've seen that. I, I watched a little bit of ESPN, and then at one point, do you like say, oh, I'll just turn on some porn? And no, you can't. The, that's the hardest part about this man cave is you can't do anything illicit because yeah. there's huge freaking windows. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like a big glass house. Yeah, you gotta like, re- you gotta make sure. That's the hard thing about jerking off at all with because you got kids in the house. I haven't. I don't think I've. Can I get into that real quick? Yeah, about- please. Like, all these celebrities are getting busted jerking off in adult bookstores. Who, who? Have you seen this? Like, no. Frank, Fred Willard got Fred busted. Willard, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And then this new this kid who was just in, like, Terminator 3, and he was in a carnival that was on um, HBO. I don't know are if you remember Is he that. a young guy? Yeah, he's, he's about that? our age, maybe he was a little a younger. Store? I didn't even know the bookstore still existed. But the, until, the reason they're Fred there Willard. is because <laughs> wait, wait, real bookstores are going out of business. How are yeah. adult bookstores? Barnes and Nobles having a hard time staying afloat, and fucking an adult bookstore is still because, dude, they, they, like it's because these guys. You go there, the dudes are guests beating off there, and it's just like it's because maybe they, maybe you they can't just, get away from your woman. That's well, maybe, what it is. Maybe, 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 no, maybe for a little spot. No, maybe it's maybe it's like maybe they, they, there must be some sort of like like maybe that's like you go there and the guy like sells weed. Maybe it's like a drug front as well. There's got to be no, some. It's got to be guys. It's got to be gay. Dude, have you guys it's gotta ever? Be, it's got to be a, a hot spot. Have you ever been on um, homosexual activity? But still, Santa need, Monica and Highland, yeah. where like it has that like super ratio of like. 
tranny hookers to donut shops. Yeah. Like there's this insane <laughs> <Yes>. ratio. <laughs> find a donut shop, you'll find tranny hookers. It's it weird. Have, That's hilarious. <laughs> I never noticed that. Yeah, until it's now. really weird, man. But Who thought. Yeah, there's all that gives Krispy Kreme a whole different meaning. Yeah, huh? they love cream pies. I guess <laughs> I, I've never masturbated anywhere other than extremely private places. Yeah. Oh my God! Do you ever hear? Do you ever? Do you guys know Mike Burton? No. Yes. Oh my God! This is my favorite. Do you know how story. to get a hold of him? No, I, I don't. I'm trying to find him for Krav Maga. Go on with your story. He's, he teaches Krav Maga. I saw him in a video. He's randomly. A com- he's a comedian. Yeah, he's a comedian. He's 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 got the funniest stories ever. I went out to I went out to had and had uh, lunch with Henry Phillips one weekend. Uh-huh. We were both in the same city at the same time, and he told me the story. And this is my favorite fucking story. So he gets a new apartment. He's got a beautiful apartment. I apologize, Mike, if you're upset that I'm telling the story, but I know you're not because that's the kind of guy Mike is. So he gets his beautiful apartment, like uh, really nice because it's it's right in, it's in Hollywood and it's the building next to it's four stories and he's on the fifth floor, so he has an un adultered view of the Hollywood Hills. It's absolutely gorgeous. So he gets in his place, no furniture, no like electric, just, it's just empty. All he's got is a phone. So he calls his chick and, uh, and they talk on the phone and he's like, he hangs up and he's like, fucking, I'm going to just beat off. So (laughs) he just starts beating off just in his, empty apartment by himself just sitting on the ground just jacking off looking at just just with the view of the hollywood hills that's just very that's very um 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 pristine that's very yeah. like old school yeah you know what i'm saying that's yeah. like i don't need anything i don't need furniture yeah. that's caveman jerking that's caveman jerking right there you know, so, all he had is a phone so yeah with no entertainment that's the only thing you think to do so he jerks off as soon as he blows his load he hears a hundred people go oh <laughs> so hard That's they asked hilarious. us to fucking leave i could That's, not stop laughing that is hilarious and he just moved in but what point oh. are you marine crawl are you own yeah. that shit at that yeah, point yeah, you stand should. up yeah. are you not entertained yeah, yeah. welcome to the neighborhood <laughs> he, i'm your new neighbor you oh. got some sugar yeah. he's got he's mike burton has the funniest fucking stories he one time um gets a call from vegas and they're like hey uh we need you to open uh, we have a we have a big act, and the opener canceled. It's f- like five grand, but can you drive here now? Can you be here in like four hours? He's like done. They're like bring a nice suit. So he he's brings like, a nice wait till I come. <laughs> he gets there, and it's he's opening for Michael Bolton. So he gets there, and they go listen. Um, Mr. Bolton's running a little late. Do you think you can do like an extra ten minutes? He goes, not a problem. So they go, all right, stand behind the curtain. So the place is packed. He looks out the curtains; it's fucking packed, like five thousand people, all at dinner tables, all at cocktails. He's made it in his head. He's like, this is what I've worked my whole life for. <laughs> I've made it. House lights drop, and he hears, "Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Michael Burton." Everyone thinks they say it's Bolton. Oh, curtains no. open, and everyone's like, oh, "He cut his hair." <laughs> Oh, no. like him. And then he starts doing jokes, and they're like, wait, Michael Bolton's doing That is jokes. hilarious. Hilarious. He fucking, Mike, Mike, I, I wonder love Mike if Burton. I wonder if, wait, is he, is, he, is he the guy that like hung out at the Laugh Factory a little bit? Is that, no, that's a different guy. He's a brunette dude, really he's, young, young nice guy, guy, younger guy. He's our age. 
I wonder. Worried. I wonder if the person who booked him for that was like some guy who was like, you know what, this will be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They probably because because I'm thinking to myself, why, like, what, like, is was he the right kind of comic for Michael Bolton? He is because he's clean. His, huh. He's got the funniest stories in the world. He's got hands down the best stories, but he never told them on stage. Like, but, he I never... just, but I just wonder if there was some booker who was like, "Who do you got?" And they're like, "I got Sam Tripoli, I got Brooke Kreischer, I got Maz Gerbrani, I got Michael Burton." He's like, "Stop, <laughs> that's the one." It's like that's. <laughs> I don't care what his material is. That's the one. He does USO tours now. Oh, that's he hilarious. Does, he books, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of USO tours, and he was good friends with uh, Gary Gary um, Valentine. That's how I got to know. Him. Oh yeah, so yeah. I was good friends with Gary. That is funny, man. Yeah, he's one of the fun. Funniest. Yeah, masturbation uh, stuff you were talking about. It's funny when when I when we were trying to have our first kid, uh, my wife and I like you know you know w- w- I don't know if you went through all this stuff, but like before we had the kid, it was like it felt like like you know you could get pregnant no problem. Once you decide to have the kid, then like you got to start timing it and all this yeah. stuff. And at one point we were trying for a while, it wasn't happening. So my wife's like, "All right, let's go get tested." So she got tested, and they were like, "You're fine." Then I got tested, so I, w- I went to get tested for for That's you know. That's gotta be rough. Well, here this is what it is for like the sperm thing. I went to get. T- it was funny because going into it, I'm like, as I'm crushing I'm, my nuts right now, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I was like, this is this is this is like, I I, I thought it was like a, in the movies, like in the movies, like the guy shows up. It's this like place where they'll give you like DVDs and and porn magazines, and like you go in that room. And you masturbate. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be sanctioned master for the first yeah. time in my life. Masturbation. For the first time in my life, someone is telling There's me. It's be a controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Like. yeah. Someone's <laughs> encouraging me to go in there and masturbate. I was like, this is awesome. Like, for the first time in my life, I felt like this was like society. Because, like, you've been practicing your whole life yeah. for this moment. Yeah. I know. I just wanted to, to some, like, some nurse, probably like a cute nurse, you know, to be like, hey, you go in there and do what you got to do. So I was so excited about it. And I showed up at this place. It was in Beverly Hills. Because they go, they go the the test center. It's like this place called like Q West or Q Quest or I forget what it's called. But they're like, it's in Beverly Hills. I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. So I show up, and it's like it's like a uh, like a it's like a counter. It's like you know remember when you used to go to turn in your 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 film for photographs? Yeah. And there was just a yeah. counter, and you would yeah. give it to the guy, and he'd be like, all right, come back in a, you know a couple days, it'll be ready. It was basically that. Like it was just like a counter. It was just this this counter and and like this lady sitting behind it, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, where is the the space? So as I walk in, I'm like, hey, what's going on? She's like, hi. I go, I'm here to do this test, and she goes, okay. She goes, here is a uh, excuse me a cup. She goes, here's a cup, like a like a pee test cup. Yeah. Here's a cup. Here's a plastic bag. When you're done, you put it in the plastic bag. Here's a paper bag. You put the plastic bag into the paper bag. I go, great. So wh- where do I do this? She goes, you're gonna walk outside. You're going to go next door to the office building. You're going to go to the first floor and use their bathroom. I'm like, excuse me? What? She's like, yeah. They sent you that far? They sent you to a fucking neighbor's? She sent me to the to like an You know when you go to like to an office and you're like, hey, I got to use a bathroom. Like, here's a key for yeah, the yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it was she one sent of those. you to another building. The, yeah, like the next door building that was like, and with like a nice bathroom, like where like people that are there doing whatever, law offices and you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of bathroom. With being at the law office. With no materials, by the way. Wait. Nothing. It, it, n- <laughs> And you got to walk out with a cup of your I own I got to walk seat. out. Imagine if you're working at the law office and you got to take a whiz. And you're like, right, hurry up in there. Yeah. And this guy's like, oh, shut up. Hold on. <laughs> they told me to masturbate. Oh, are you fucking kidding Dude, it was horrible. I went into this bathroom. I'm not kidding. I go in this bathroom. It's like I have to go into the stall. 
I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. I'm <laughs> sitting there playing with myself. There's no materials, nothing. All I hear is people walking by the bathroom, like talking like, hey, George, you know, is that report going to be done by <laughs> 5 o'clock? That's, I'm like, that's the least sexy place ever. You don't even know, dude. I just, I kept go- it took me a long time. Finally done. Come downstairs. And I give it to her, and then she's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, this this isn't enough. And I'm like, what? She's like, when was the last time you had sex? I was like, last night. She's like, you're not supposed to have sex for like a week. <laughs> Why would you do Are that? Are you serious? I didn't know you're not supposed to have sex like before. I, I, it was my, you know, they didn't tell you. It was it was really bad. And, Aren't you right. supposed to go like a week without it? Give me Something two seconds. Like I got to get headsets. I'm looking at the levels, and they look through the fucking roof. Hold on one second. Keep talking. Okay. I'll be right back. So- <laughs> that is hilarious. Hilarious, right? You think they would set up a whole place like it would be like some bad? Well, you would think they would be like bar thing. Like yeah, I went would, to this. You, maybe there's a market to strip for bars it. anymore. Um, I was never a big strip club guy in the first place. Man, I, some of the strip bars in the valley are seedy, dude. My friend invited me to where she danced one time. Yeah. It is just. It's really uncomfortable when you walk in. So when you go and you see a friend of yours doing it, is it like is it like going to like to a stand up show or like oh I want to support her, make sure like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you want to laugh yeah. at the right moments. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> She's like, this isn't a comedy show. You're like, oh yeah, you're clapping. Good job. Yeah. Great set. Really Great good set. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like it's- what what is the what is the shift for a stripper? I'm back. Well, you know what they do? They they just. They do nighttime. It's a weird. I've had friends. No, but what who I'm are saying like is, like, for example, art. let's say you got a gig. Like you and I, we know when we have a gig. Like, yeah. like, okay, so you're gonna do. You have a 20 minute set at the Laugh Factory or at the Comedy Store, right? right? And you might have two sets, two places. Right. Or if you're headlining somewhere, you know you're gonna be doing an hour. So stripper, they say what? Show up at 10. You're gonna be leaving at two, uh, or or you're yeah, gonna be leaving it'll be at like four. A 10 to two. Ten or to two. A nine to two. And then, like, they do, they're just like comedians, man. These girls who are like big names will tour and they'll be like. Oh, you talking about Tara Patrick? Like, all of them. Like, we're talking, like, because I was talking about. Uh, How seedy clubs are. Yeah, because I had a friend of mine who's a uh, stripper and she invited me down to where a club was just to check it out. And it was just like, it was like deep in the valley and it was like really uncomfortable. Who's the blonde haired girl? I just watched this uh, thing on the business of porn, this blonde haired chick. Um. Jesse Jane. Yeah. And I'd never felt more of a connection with an entertainer because I was like, I go through that same shit. I feel yeah. like I do TV so that I can raise my club rates. 100%. And I, I, it's, yeah. I, it's the exact same business model. That's what they do. See, porn now has gotten like that. You basically do a porno and then you tour. To bas- support the porn. Yeah. No. To support the porn or just? The porn the supports money. The, the tour. It's almost like you do like, just like TV. So I'm doing Travel Channel. My whole goal is so that people go, oh, that's the guy. And when yeah. they come see me live, it's yeah. the same fucking thing. It's, it's the, the exact money. same thing. How, okay, here's my question. Not to change subjects at all. Uh, but like, believe me, you aren't. But how, how is it possible? How, how did you get famous in, in Arab? In Arab. Oh, that's the wrong in word. Arab? In, in, uh, in Arab? In town. Arab town. In Arab town. <laughs> how did you get famous in, in the Middle East? Like, how did you get famous in the Middle East? YouTube, right? YouTube um, is like their television. I did porn. I did porn. <laughs> and then that, uh, no, you know what it was? This, this, I mean, I, I, and, and I want to, I want to, uh, I just want to, one question before I get to that. I had one question for Tripoli because I'm trying to understand, what I'm trying to understand before we get to the whole Middle East thing is, 
the, the shift for a stripper. Yes. So, so 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 they go like ten to two, for example. Let's say. Right. So if you're a stripper, you're going to be ten to two. Right. Did did your friend ever explain to you like, okay, so when she shows up at ten o'clock, they, yeah. they'll, they'll be like, all right. Look, you're going to start on the floor. You're going to do 10 minutes on the floor, then 10 minutes on the stage, then 10 minutes on the floor. Is that – do they rotate like – is there a yep. headliner kind of a yep. thing? Wait, there's there a, is headliner? a headliner? Yeah. There'll be like a girl like – let's say someone like a Belladonna who's like this kind of cult figure. Yeah. She'll show up at a strip bar and they'll – you know, they'll have a couple girl goes up and then she does an act. And then she can sit inside. She can sign autographs. She's available for private lap dances. It's the – it's and, not and what is it? And what is, it, is, is it like? Is it like three songs? Two songs? Like, do they like? I mean, is it a twenty-minute? I think girls do two songs now. Okay, I was a stripper for a day. Yes, for this me Bert, too. For uh, uh, Hurt Burt show, I was so fucking winded. You, dancing oh yeah, no, for they're in one great song, shape. Dancing for one song for an audience yeah. is exhausting. I came and do the dance games on the Wii. Like I like so it's so crazy. Oh, they're yeah, and they're shape. doing it in I'd high be heels, sweating profusely. Like in between songs, I wouldn't be Dude, going to get. All you got to do is be at a strip club and see one of those strippers like go up the pole with a leg and then like come down and go up and like start bouncing up and down. No, it's with about their, to I'm be like, an Olympic sport. It really is. <laughs> They're about to make it an Olympic sport. I mean, there's a whole group of pole dancing that that's trying to separate itself from oh, porn Jamaica's and stripping. Fucking own that if it's an Olympic sport. What's that? Jamaican strippers are amazing. I think there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a battle, dude. You got the Czechs. You got the Br- Brazilians. You got oh, the Brazilian. Americans. You got the Jamaicans. Never mind the Japanese. Look what they do in, in a gymnastics. Imagine what they're going to do on a pole. God. Wow. Have you then ever- they have two chicks on a pole. It's called bipolar. Hilarious. Have you ever have you ever typed in dubstep contests in Jamaica? No, I'm sure it's F- amazing. The hottest women dancing, the most sensual, just like booty shaking. Oh yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. Ju- and they're like soaking wet with sweat, flinging their hair around, and it's just just hundreds and hundreds of hot, sweaty Jamaicans just yeah. Well, that's like that Brazilian dance. Like like sometimes when I watch like when you see like samba dancing or whatever, you're like, there's an extra muscle or two in that ass that I don't. I don't know how it like where it came from, like with the movement. Oh, you mean a, the, when they do ass volcano? When they do like it's like yeah, it's like where an they make earthquake the on the ass. It is well, yeah, dude. They're built it's like an that, and they quake. worked it out. I, I stripped for one day at uh, after college. I, I oh, got seriously? a job at Deja Vu as a joke. Well, no, I was working the door there. Yeah, and uh, one day and Sunday, the, the, there was like twenty guys in the room, and they were all being assholes, and they nobody wanted to get danced. Girls were complaining, so I'm like. Put me and this guy Malik, the big black bouncer, put us up on stage. He went up as Chocolate Thunder. I went up as Maverick, Hilarious. and we danced. And we did two songs. Did you we get made naked? like sixty bucks each. Did you get naked? No, I got down to my underwear, dude. Hilarious. And it was I was doing pole work. It was just hilarious. Girls were throwing quarters at us. As soon as we got off stage, every guy grabbed a girl and got a dance. It totally worked. Nice. But it is That's a crazy-ass lifestyle, man. And these girls make bank. But here's the thing. They don't own a car. They invest it completely horrible. Like I, was like, I was like, I would love to get like a degree in like business investment and just invest strippers' money in the market and try to make bank off that. That's the thing. Probably, that's probably a market that, that financial advisors have never thought of cornering. But that's probably a good idea. Dude, it, they make hand over fist. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's what you do. Thing. You go to the ugly girl because she makes the most money there. Why is that? 
Oh, because, oh, oh my God, I, you apparently are not a connoisseur of strip clubs. You always go to the ugliest chicks. She works the hardest for your tips. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and you're going to get a lap dance. Thinks- you go for like a six. You don't go for the hottest girl. She feels like you're blessed just to have her on you. Really? Yeah. You want the ugly one who's like got like a chipped tooth or something. But people think they have a shot with her. Oh, the ugly girl they nice. think they can get bring home. The nice. really hot one, they're like, she's not going to like me. Well, you know, the one thing I had heard was that strippers are some of the best tippers because oh, they work crazy. in the cash world. Yeah. And that's the thing. Exactly what you're saying is that there's some people, especially when you get cash, the problem with cash is it's a false sense of uh, uh, um, of, of wealth. Yes. Because you think, oh, my God, look, I got $1,000 cash in my hand. That's $1,000. First of all, that $1,000 goes a lot faster. Yeah. Number one, because you're just throwing her in your 20s. You feel like a baller. Yeah. Secondly, if you were to play it legitimately, which I don't know how strippers work, but if you got to, like, if someone's got to uh, declare some of that money somewhere, that's not $1,000. <laughs> it's that's, 600 That's 500 bucks. Yeah. That's right. 500 bucks. Yeah. Right. Well, they're trying to come up with ways through loopholes about how not to have to declare their tips. Like, it's some artistic stuff and. Well, it used to be like I'm sure we've all worked in restaurants. It used to be in a restaurant like you would like the tips. You'd be like, oh, like you, they would tip you ten bucks. You'd be like, yeah, I got tipped four bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just yeah. So you could tip. Yeah, they would them. go out. They buy a sandwich for like this was way back in the day. Like sandwich for five bucks. Tip them fifteen dollars. Yeah. Like yeah. damn. I roll crazy. back. I roll back after selling t-shirts, and I have like a wad of cash, and my wife just fucking whoosh, takes it. Yeah. I, because I I won't spend cash. I'll spend money on a credit card, and when I get cash, I get like a like greedy with it. Yeah, and I love when I'm having a big fat stack of cash. Well, I don't know if you're the same. Like when you when I travel, because you know, for, first of all, there's there's a couple here's a couple of things that that, that come up. First of all, um, when you travel, you feel like, like like there's always an excuse to to you know you end up at the hotel, the bellboy, you tip the bellboy, you tip yeah. the guy that drives you to the thing. You, you're tipping people kind of left and right, and depending on where and what, like you know, I'll, I'll change it up, but like. When you end up in places like, for, first of all, if you get recognized, you're screwed. Yes. Like, I, I actually have a story when I went to see Tripoli one time when you were doing Beecher's Madhouse. The craziest gig ever. Craziest gig ever. Tripoli left me two tickets. I was with my uh, wife, and we go to see him at Beecher's Madhouse. We show up, and they're like, sorry, guys. You know, the, it's packed. They're like, sorry, guys. It's sold out. You can't come in. We're like, no, no. One of the performers is my buddy. And the guy's like, sorry, sorry. As I'm saying this, there's a big black security guard. Who recognizes me from Friday after next? Yeah, and he le- leans into the guy. He's like, "You know who that is?" And the guy's yeah. like, "No." And the white, the white, the white guy running the door has no idea who I am. Yeah, but the black guy is. He's, he's like, "That's Molly." And I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And he's like, "Yeah, what's up, Molly?" I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm my buddy's performing." He's like, "No problem. Let me work this out." So he disappears, comes back with another black like supervisor. And they're like, oh, shit, it's Molly. <laughs> so now I'm VIP, right? Yeah. And at this point in my career, like, you know, I'm doing okay, but I, I, I should not be. Like, I could do a little bit of tipping, but not a lot. So I have some cash in my pocket, but now these guys know me as Molly. Right. So now I'm like, well, I got to tip the guy who got me the thing. I got to tip him 20, right? Yeah. And I can't be like, hey, man, split this with the other guy. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't pull that yeah, kind of shit. Put 10 to him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? So now I'm like, now the other guy. And and, I, and, and at this point, you got to start tipping like. And everybody. You, everybody. And you're also like sneaking it in the hand. Hey, man, thanks a lot, buddy. And I'm just tipping 20s. At a point, like, I'm yeah. like running out of money. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but, but that's the problem is with having cash is, and you're always coming. Like this past weekend, I was in Miami, and it's New Year's, it's New Year's weekend. So do you like, like that club, the Miami club? Yeah, I do. The Miami Prof? I do. I do. But I like chaos. 
It's like, chaos. Yeah, it, it can be chaos. Yeah. Like, it can. The feng shui in there is crazy. Feng shui is horrible. Yeah, the feng shui is kind of fucked. But I like that. I, I, I've had some real hell gigs there. But I've learned more about myself. Like, I changed. You believed in yourself? I I changed into a better comic because of that club. Like, I was doing this. I was going up and doing my act there. I was like, this isn't a club you can do your act. You've got to go up, find, read the room. Like, it's like old school New York comedy, in my opinion. You go up, you read the room, you look at the crowd, you take, you size it up, you throw out some feeler jokes. Wherever they respond most, you hit, hit that direction, and then you get them into your what you want them to listen to. Right. Well, that's what the comedy store was in general. The it's comedy a, stores, a, too. The comedy store, I've, I've never really worked at the comedy store. I used to a, a couple times with Louis Anderson a long time ago, but the comedy store, everything I've heard of it is the exact same thing. If you can, like people who can do good at the comedy store can do good, do good anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I did New Year's there this weekend, and I swear to God, I've been there about 11 years, and Rick Ingram had the greatest set I've ever seen in the main room. Oh, really? I mean, it was fire. Really? I mean, pure fire. Like, and I don't get scared ever, but I'm like, he's bringing in a new year. He's doing the countdown. He's flamethrowing the room. Like, just pure flamethrowing the room. Just doing his crowd work stuff that he does? Yeah, I mean, but it's hitting, dude. Really? I mean, it's, and that's a hard shit to follow the crowd work. Yeah. Because most crowd work isn't real crowd work. Yeah. It's kind of like you're pulling from what's worked before. Yeah. So it's this kind of fake scripted shit. And it is murdering, dude. I mean, from start to finish, it's the greatest set I've seen in the main room. Wow. Seriously. Ever. Wow. Ever. The only time I saw a better set than that, I've seen two. One was uh, Brian Holtzman at Freddie Soto's memorial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I that was sounds there. like a weird thing, but yeah. this guy just murdered the room talking about how uh, most of the people in the room didn't even know Freddie Soto. They were just there to socialize and network. Yeah. Just kill. But this guy's killing. And you know you gotta just you're sorry you gotta you gotta go out there act like you're not nervous as fuck and yeah. draw from back from all the tools you've ever learned and like I had a couple things that just so wait, so you're following him after New Year's after he does the countdown and then you go up and then I go up it, wait, the? is is that part of his fifty does he do only fifteen or does he do longer at that point I don't know if Dan the sound guy gave him some kind of uh, gave him a couple of extra minutes to kind of lap over because that'd really suck if he was flamethrown, did the countdown, then brought me out. That would be like the worst yeah, case scenario because yeah. nobody would be listening. At no the one. Right. I can't imagine you went up after New Year's. I think the show is over. No, not the commissar, right? There's, keeps going. there's two guys after me. <laughs> Hilarious. What is- so so you so 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 he go he finishes the countdown comes back does some more jokes yes then brings you up goes back does a couple things he kind of kind of gets off track a little bit brings me back up and I'm like what are we gonna do and luckily it was just flame throwing but you gotta have those skills man you gotta have those skills yeah. do you gotta go into the crowd like when you follow somebody like that what works after like what's dude. the what do you got to do to break that code? Dude, yeah. the stories of the comedy store, it's, it's funny. My, the first time I realized, because what, what, what happened for me at the comedy store was I'd, I'd started, you know, with, with bringer shows and doing bringer <laughs> Your shows. daughters Ruth. are hilarious. And yeah. doing, okay. Just moving and, stuff. And, yeah. doing, and doing bringer shows, it was, as you guys know, it was like 10 horrible comics. So yeah. if you were decent, you'd do well. And I always would bring like five or six people. I always had like a handful of people there. So I was always doing well, doing my set. Then I became a regular at the comedy store, and it was, I think it was one of my first 
paid spots at the comedy store, maybe like on a Wednesday night at like 11.30. I showed up. I do my set, and it's the most lukewarm response. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? They don't – They obviously, uh, they don't get my comedy. Yeah. yeah. And then after me, Vinny Favorito went up. I know. Yeah, and Vinny Favorito – That dude would crush a room. He would crush. And he was like what you said. It was like it was like set – it was like uh, crowd work that was – Preset crowd work, yeah. But he was really good at it, and I'm sitting there yeah. watching him. I'm like, oh wow, he's kind of going to the crowd, and da 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 da. And I started slowly learning, and the more you did, like, the more you would have to follow Thunder, the more you realize, forget my set, you know. And I remember that one of the one of the first times when I really let go of my set, it was actually such a fucking insightful. That's so true. When you have to follow Thunder, you cannot go up with a set, dude. And yeah. you realize, like, I, one of the fir- one of the first times I, I was was uh, that I started letting go of my set. It was like literally one forty five in the morning on like a Tuesday. There was no one in the room but these two nerdy dudes and this one hot chick, and they were sitting to the right of the stage, like by the booth there. And Freddie Soto was sitting in the back, and there was like the sound. There was just a couple of people hanging out, and I went up on stage. I start doing my joke jokes. And I'm like, nothing's hitting. And I was really curious about how these two nerdy dudes ended up with this hot chick. So in the, like two minutes in, I'm like, guys, you guys are the only ones here. What are we kidding? I was like, how did this happen? And I start talking <laughs> to them. And then I start riffing and I start going and I just have a good set. And I come up with a couple of new jokes and stuff. And, uh, and then I come up and they're having a good time because yeah. I'm addressing them. We're having, that, that's, they're the only ones there. Yeah. Yeah, so I came off and Freddie Soto pointed out, he's, he's like, you know, he's like, you're funny. I go, thanks, man. He goes, you know, it's not about the bits. He's, not, it's not about, he's like, you're either funny or you're not. He goes, if it's, it's not about the bits. He's like, the bits will come well, you and can go. You can see that too, man. Some people, if they get out of their, oh. their set, they're, they're lost, man. And I can't it, imagine. I, there are guys, I can't imagine. In, when it goes right, it goes right. But when it goes wrong, god damn, that's tough to watch. When you watch someone who just has an act and they're like, so, and they start at the beginning and they end a certain oh, yeah. way. <clears throat> that, no matter what's going on. And I, I think that's a big difference between old school comics and the new school comics. Yeah. And I don't know where I fall in those, but I used to watch some of the guys who were from the 80s and they would go up and they would do the exact same set. Oh, and man. it didn't matter if it was a packed room or an empty room. There was like this fourth wall. And I just don't think you'd have that. Your your set now has to be like this living, breathing thing that. But right. but that can bite you in the ass when you go to a theater and there's no interaction. Yeah. And you go, oh shit! I wish I had an act right now. Yeah. Like I've gone into a theater and then and been like, like like you're so used to doing those clubs that you're like, I need to talk to the audience. Like, is but no, but see, but see, but see, that's where I think that's <laughs> where this that's where this whole Jedi thing that I think I remember in comedian I think it was Chris Rock or somebody was talking about the whole Jedi thing that's where that starts coming in because I remember first I'm observing Vinny Favorito and I'm like wow this guy's all you know all over the place then, I, then I'm watching Eddie Griffin the one thing I did learn from Eddie Griffin was Is that white people are the devil white people are the devil no but he, he was actually <laughs> was, was, was his he would he would go from like he didn't he, his, his set was kind of he would go from place to place his first 45 minutes were always pretty strong. Once he started going on Within and talking the about the n- number set, nine. that guy had lightning in the bottle for 45 minutes. Exactly. So what, that's What's what I'm that, saying. Say it again. Eddie Griffin, you know, I mean, when I got picked up at, at the comedy store, Eddie Griffin was doing three hours on stage. Yeah. I've never I, seen him do stand-up. Yeah. He did three hours on stage. He's an interesting guy. You know, he did three hours. But there, within that three hours, there was 45 minutes that was pure brilliance and would if he could cut that stuff down, he would yeah. destroy anybody out there. And yeah. that's why that's what I'm saying. Like he would get up there, and those 45 minutes were like he'd be like 
he would jump in like his set would always change. It was, it was material, yeah. but he was loose with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then so I would watch that. So now now I'm going from Vinny Favorito who's doing crowd work to now this guy who's got material, but he's kind of bringing it in with the crowd work to then watching Paul Mooney who would just go up and do his material and kill. And that's that whole Jedi thing. His material was so strong and his point of view was so clear that he would just start hitting you until you were on his wavelength. And then go. And I was like, wow. Well, that is the key, man. Sometimes when you go up after somebody, like you do the road lot, do you get to bring yeah. out your own features yet? Uh, yeah, but no, I be, yeah, I do. Sometimes when you go on the road, man, you'll follow. The worst thing I, I always thought as a headliner is they have a shitty opener and a phenomenal feature. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. What's the guy's name that fucking you worked with? Roy Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he? That, that story is like road legend. Yeah. That is road folklore. What's this? People know of the story. It, it got passed around, and it was it, – Roy Johnson is uh, is a nice guy. I actually know him now because I've worked with him, but I had the exact same experience as Sam. Sam went into a club. Roy was uh, like a, a road feature, but he was our age, and he went in, and, and I think Roy would admit this, but he tried his hardest – to blow Sam off stage, like, and there's tricks you can do. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And, and Sam, and Sam was like, Sam went, came back from that road. I don't. Did did you get? Did they flip it up or what happened? No, 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 no. What happened was, I would go up there and you know this guy's trying to blow me out of the waters, and you know I'm like, okay, let's do this. So at one point I decide I'm gonna ruin this guy's weekend. So I would go up there and just flame throw the room. Yeah. And he would sell zero merch after. Yeah. So anyways, my manager at the time calls the club and they're like, hey, man, how's, uh, you know, how'd Sam do? He goes, well, the crowds love Sam. The staff loves Sam. And the, uh, uh, who else? The crowd loves Sam. He killed on radio. But the mystery shopper didn't like Sam. Mystery Shopper said they they send out mystery shoppers to these clubs and the mystery shopper said she liked the other guy better than Sam. Yeah. Who the fuck's the mystery shopper? No, you're thinking mystery shopper, this is probably some uh waitress from another club yeah. who comes to this club. No, it's just somebody who's willing to get free tickets and judge the show. Oh my god. So anyways, I don't get asked back. What club the, is this? Uh Cincinnati? Dayton Funny Bone. Oh, is it Dayton? Out of here. Yeah. So they ask him back. He's working with Steve Trevino. Yeah. They're watching Roy Johnson do his set. He does he does Brett Ernst's pink lemonade joke verbatim, oh, no. word for word. So he gets asked back, I don't get asked back, and that's the story of my fucking life. But but, but what the 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 folklore was, and this is like this is what I I I was fascinated by was that Roy got the kibosh from everyone that knew Sam. So like everyone that knew Sam Sam had this story, and and if, and had this is the this I told this to Roy one night drinking. Had he been cool and embraced Sam and been friends with him, as opposed to try to blow him off stage, he would have come back. And everyone like fucking burn Ernst, myself, everyone that wants to use you, yeah, would we like take him on the road? And so now I think, and he was like, I just don't get it. I, like I remember him saying, like I don't get it. I understand why I'm not moving forward. And I go, because you never embrace these people you were meeting. You never like yeah. went into the road and you see a young comic like say Tom Segura and go, I I can eat his lunch. You you instead you should go like, hey man, 
it's really cool that you're here. Like, if you want to go out to let's eat, have a I'll good show. Let's have a good time. Let's 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 party. Like, do, do, like that drinking. is so important about who you take on the like. You want to hang with like I've I've taken guys on the road with me now. I I like hanging with all of them. Yeah. Like right now, I'm taking out Amir K. This guy is like the coolest guy. That dude is hilarious. This guy is one of the funniest guys. What you were just talking about, like people, like you know, I want a I want a heavy hitter before me. Like this yeah. guy is a killer. I I'll sit there quoting his jokes. It's like this guy. This guy is you know he's funny man. And sometimes it happens where what you just said we'll end up with like the 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 town will give us the host and the host is just like eating it. And then Amir goes out and, and crushes. I, I give right? him twenty to thirty. He kills. I'm just and I'm like I'm in the back laughing. Yeah, I'm 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 like crying of laughter. And I love that. I mean I go and then I go and I know for me like what'll happen with me now is because. I've got these guys that will kill. Yeah. Like, I'll go out, and my fans come out now to see me. They're excited. I'll come out with, like, this music. I'll do a dance. I'll come out the Gangnam style. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm coming out to. I'm not kidding, dude. I'll come out to the newest hit that you fucking... I'll come out to Gangnam. People are like, ah! And it's like... And I know, like, I'll do, like, 30 to 45 minutes of strong... Like they're with me, and I can start feeling about forty minutes or so. They've just they've and and and, and it's funny because people will judge you sometimes because they'll see Amir do his twenty twenty to twenty five minutes of lightning coming off of that other guy, yep. and now you're doing forty five to an hour, and now the checks are being dropped, yep. yeah. And you're like, oh, dude, fuck. let me tell you the worst gig I've ever had. <laughs> when I used to do the, a lot of the improvs, I. It was the weirdest thing because I always felt like they wanted to test me every time. And God, I even flew into one place and they're like, feeling. yeah, we got our, our strongest feature we got. We wanted to see how you can do after him. I'm like, why are you doing that? I felt like Jet Li. I was just going like dojo to dojo fighting yeah. everybody's kung fu masters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was- <laughs> Hilarious. Like it's fucking old school. Right. Yeah. yeah. Take out the fucking town bully. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt. Like they were always testing me, man. That's fucking hilarious. And one time, dude, I don't want to say his name because he's a good friend of mine. I had this uh, feature and my manager at the time was like, dude, just know this guy's really hard to follow. And, you know, and I used to follow like I'm not. This isn't a lie to me. I used to follow Andrew Dice Clay almost every night for a year at yeah. the comedy store. Joe Rogan, every night for a year. I used to get standing O's after Eddie Griffin. When yeah. he'd do three hours, I would go up. So I followed this dude, and one night, they had this new manager there. It was a really cute chick with huge tits, and she was really, like I think, attracted to, the, to my feature. I let this one guy who was a friend of mine do 10 minutes. So the host is doing 15. The guest spot is doing 10. Yeah. This feature goes up and does 40 minutes. Ah. Uh. I walk up to checks being dropped uh, on stage. Uh, I think I know who this guy is. I was like, you have to be a pure flame throwing. And yeah. I walk up. I'm 10 minutes in. I've lost completely, completely yeah. lost the room. I should have canceled it. But, I mean, what do you do at that yeah, point? Yeah. Like 10 minutes. I mean, just lost, bro. I mean, and I was kind of, even though I've so been doing you do it for. what you do? How'd you get through that? I just ate dick for about 40 minutes. You know what? Because I'm, I'm running into this now, and it depends on the town and where you are. First of all, like, for example, um, Amir and I were in, uh, was he in New York with me? Yeah, I think, yeah, he was in New, so New York at Caroline's. Yeah. The crowd, it was packed in the great club. The crowds that have been coming out to see me, there's a lot of Persian Jews in uh, Great Neck. So like, when I first started, kind of going back to kind of what, what you were talking about, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll come to the story and say, when I first started, when we started doing, like, we did Access to Evil, we did, like, Arabian Nights with Tripoli and everything, and 
first it was younger people were coming out to the shows. So they'd get your jokes. Yeah. Then they started bringing their, like, parents. Then, like, their grandparents. So now you're looking at a, cl- like, at a, at a club and, like, there's a 80-year-old in the audience and there's a 12-year-old. Middle Eastern shows will do that. They will bring... Shh, I would hate bring, that. But, I would, that but, would but, drive me nuts. But now listen, though. Bert, in the middle of that, like, there's also, like, regular... Like, there's white people. There's, there's Latino. There's a lot of people. But the Middle Easterners have brought their family. And so you're sitting there, like, like, like what you were saying at uh, at um, uh, at the Carolines, and you're 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 just like, wow, this this audience, like what you were saying, it's like they're some at some point they've lost interest and they're out somewhere else. Now you go to now you go to the Ice House. A lot of Armenians come out. Armenians love laughing, and you leave that room going like, I'm a rock star. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't yeah, matter. Pe- uh, yeah, Ice I House want more is- Armenian fans. So, so, so I ran into. I want Armenian fans. Well, yeah, no, I ran. Have I- a great base. Your crowd has to be awesome. I ran into your. I ran into your dropping check thing this past weekend at the uh, in Miami. At like a certain point, like they like they started talking and everything. So what I did, I've started just going like, just kind of like, okay, how we doing, guys? All right, and like, and I was like, I got to come up with some check dropping jokes. You ready? You ready? I'm going to give you the best thing you can do. Yeah. You fucking. This is the greatest. Try to blow thing. yourself. <laughs> yeah, take your pants off and try to suck your own dick on stage. <laughs> guys, guys, you just pay your injection. Let me know when you're done. Go, go, go. We'll see who finishes first. Me or you. So, no, I uh, I bring a chick on st- I bring one of the wait staff on stage while they're dropping checks, and I interview them, and I get the wait staff loves it because it jacks up their checks. Oh. They jacks up their tips. I ask them, I go, what are you going to do with the money? If you get extra, I go, what would be a good night of tips? And they always get like 75 bucks. I go, say you got 150. Say everyone just gave you like $2 extra. What would you do with that extra money? And you get, you, first of all, you get some hilarious answers. You get great answers, but you get like the smart girls will always be like, I'm taking my kids to the movies. And the fucking place goes, oh, and they tip out the ass. That's a the great idea. The staff loves it. The best is if you find someone in the staff with a talent. When I did, I did when I was doing the Jameson tour. I had to close the Jameson tour. I had to go after Billy Gardell, after Burn, Steve Byrne, after Danny, after like. So I had to close the Jameson tour, and I got. I just would get on stage to the check drop. It was you do five minutes and then check drop, and it was like half of my set was the check drop. So I'd bring up a girl on stage. One time I had her. I was. In How Cincinnati. do you know who's got the talent? I just I stepped in shit one time. I had this girl. I go, what? Uh, what do you want to? Um, wh- if you get extra trips, what are you going to do? She goes, I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to be a singer. And I was like, you can sing. And she was like, yeah, hot oh, black no. chick with an afro. And I go, I go, let's oh, hear you're it. like Macy, great, baby. Yeah, I go, <clears throat> I go, let's hear it. She grabs a mic and starts belting out. Uh, this, there, no one's even paying checks. They're just watching this go on. And I start stripping. I get down to like a boot on my junk, and it's. The place is fucking losing their mind. She is hitting a home run. Billy Gardell runs up with Steve and fucking Danny. Shots at tequila or shots at Jameson. We do a shot. Billy grabs a mic and he goes, we are the Jameson comedy tour. Everyone goes fucking nuts. He gives me a hug and he goes, you got 10 more minutes, asshole. (laughs) I still had 10 minutes to do. Yeah, you buried yourself. I buried myself. But yeah, but that's that's a great. I've done that, dude. When you just hit lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Doing some crowd work. I did something in in Los Angeles. No, where was – oh, do you, have you ever heard the, the Joe Rogan heckle kill? No. I uh, The greatest heckle kill ever oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was when I was in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was doing this joke about getting my ass kicked by my, a girlfriend. And I have stitches here from when she kicked me in the face. 
You really got your ass kicked by your girlfriend? Well, she put me... I had to go to the hospital because she kicked me in the face. Okay. Uh, She was laying on top of me. I'm like, you're a little drunk. Calm down. Yeah. And you start getting a little claustrophobic. You're like, I got to get up. And you just lift yourself (laughs) up. And you see her falling backwards. You see her face go... And I just like, oh, fuck. And dude, her foot comes back and just goes, boom. And this time I had like some badger tooth. Yeah. A little longer than the other one. (laughs) It went right through my lip. So I had to get stitched. And I'm telling this whole story. And the joke is basically about... When I went to work le- next day, I-, I told everybody my girlfriend kicked me in the face, and they were all laughing their ass off. You know, yeah. if it's the other way, it's like, oh, you're a horrible human being. Yeah. But if you get your ass kicked by your girlfriend, it's like, ha ha, funny. So I tell the joke, you know, and I, you know, I drop the punchline. All of a sudden, I hear, joke thief, and I'm like, <laughs> what? And my whole family is there. Yeah. Joke thief. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're like, you're a joke thief. You stole that. I'm like, I didn't steal that. She's like, yeah, you did. You stole that from Joe Rogan. I go, what are you, crazy lady? She's like, you're a joke thief. And I'm on stage. The whole room is froze. Yeah. I'm like, Joe Rogan doesn't do that joke. Shut up, late. No, he does do that joke. I'm like, oh, God. I go, what if I call Joe Rogan and he'll and tell him that you... I go, what if I call Joe Rogan and he'll tell you it's not uh, his joke. She goes, good, do it, but you won't because you're a fucking joke thief. So I'm like... First of all, I got lucky that she picked the one, one celebrity the at one that celebrity time. Right. <laughs> I have, I have like, phone. what if it's you on the phone? Hi, uh, the, yeah. I think uh, Los Angeles, California, <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. R-O-G. She's like that's Gallagher. What, I was Gallagher, that's what it good, it's good to have Frank Caliendo's number in your phone. Just call Frank and go, hey, Joe Rogan. And he's like, yeah. ah, powerful. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Just call Frank Caliendo. I'm going, oh, Al Pacino, sure. Hold on. So I call him up, and this is, uh, this is like during MySpace days, and I call him up, and he ne- Joe would never answer. He would either uh, text me the, uh, back or call me the next day. Yeah. So I call him, nothing. I hang up. I'm like, he doesn't answer. She goes, of course he didn't answer. Because you're a fucking joke thief. Why would he answer your phone? I'm like, shut up, lady. All of a sudden, my phone rings, and it's Joe Rogan. Oh. And he's like, Tripoli, what's up? I'm like, oh, Joe, I'm on stage. This girl says... I sold your joke. She, he goes, you're on stage right now? I go, yeah. He goes, you're fucking crazy. I go, Joe, do you do a joke about getting your ass kicked by your girlfriend? Well, if you know Joe Rogan, he doesn't yeah. get his ass kicked by anybody. Yeah. Right. So he goes, no, I don't do any joke about that. I go, okay. Before I made this call, I go, if, if I call Joe and he goes, it is his joke, I'll quit comedy. If he says it's not his joke, you have to come up on stage and let this guy suck on your tits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow, the fucking stakes for this gamble. <laughs> it's all in. It's like a wrestling death match. You have to let this Hilarious. guy suck on your tits. She goes, do it. it. You won't because you're a joke thief. I'm like, okay, Joe, just tell him what you, what you just told me. He's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, it's Joe Rogan. It's Joe Rogan. The guy goes, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is Joe Rogan. Uh, no, I don't have any jokes like that. I, uh, Sam doesn't need to steal jokes. He's a funny guy. And fuck you, bitch. And the whole place just goes... <gasps> Fucking! I go, Joe. Thank you so much. I appreciate. It. I gotta take care of some business. Time to t- pay the t- the toll to the troll, right? <laughs> I'm like, let's go, lady. She's like, fuck you. I ain't gonna do it. The whole place starts booing her. Shut up. What I try bitch. to go into my act after that. Nothing. Show is done. Greatest heckle kill ever. This chick got bitch slapped in Phoenix, Arizona, from Hollywood, California. That's fucking great. I ended show. I go t- apologize to my aunt because it was such a filthy show. <laughs> Wait, oh, your, your aunt was there? there? Your family was there? Of course. And, 
and you're gonna have people hilarious. Like your <laughs> your so, family comes to watch you. Oh, this fucking great. Yeah. So then I look over, and every chick in the bar had just gone after this chick because she was hanging out with some gorilla, some huge dude. I see the chick and the gorilla getting chased out by a like a, a, a pack of hens, just chasing yeah. out like eight chicks chasing these guys out, and it was like the craziest heckle kill ever. But I couldn't follow it. I tried yeah. to do material. At that point, you're just done. This yeah. weekend, I had some guy rush the stage uh, to try to fight me. Why? He, Why? What happened? Uh, he actually didn't get it. He didn't get what was going on. He just didn't understand. He was he just not not that bright of a was guy. Was he fresh off the boat? Was no, he like no? He was he's a he was a meathead. He was a he was a meathead. He was a regular guy. And I was talking to this, the girl at his table. The girl at his table uh, had said something. It was, it was it's so hacky. I feel even embarrassed to even tell you the dialogue that was happening. But I had said it's a weird show. I've had weird shows. I don't know what. I don't know how we got into the whole thing about. But I was trying to tell you that one time I did have a blind guy on my show and I, I asked him, I'd always wanted to know, and it's kind of a hacky joke, but how did he know when he's done wiping his ass? And his answer was, I wipe until it hurts. I thought that was funny, but I was just going to try to get to that. And she starts going, <clears throat> I wipe their asses. And I went, what? She goes, I wipe their, I wipe blind people's asses. And I went, you, you, that's what you do. She goes, yeah. And everyone starts laughing and I go, I think you're overqualified. I think you could probably get different work. And then she's trying to tell me. And then I said, well, do you look at the toilet paper after you wipe their asses? And she's like, no. And I go, well, you should start. So we're talking, and he just gets up and goes, hey, hey, that's enough of this. I'm, you've, you've gone too far, okay? Oh, it's her birthday, and you're ruining her night. She is offended. And she goes, and then I hear her go, I'm, I'm not offended. <laughs> and I'm not. Oh, it's the birthday girl telling the you The birthday this? girl. That's who I'm going back and forth with. Oh. And he's like. And I go, listen, man, don't charge the stage like you're going to do something. I'm telling you that I was not this tough on my on stage. I was genuinely kind of a bitch. I'll tell you why but, I did that. But and so then and and her boyfriend was with her, and his boyfriend's like, no, we love you. We came out, we drove from Fort Myers to see you. And then I brought her on stage. I do a shot, and I go, are you okay? And she goes, yeah. I don't know why he did that. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. And then the guy was embarrassed, and then he was like. He was he was genuinely embarrassed, and the whole crowd was like, "Fucking, it's comedy! Shut the fuck down, asshole!" Oh, and I tape recorded the whole thing, so I have it on tape. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So, but, but alcohol, man. People just get drunk, and they just they're stupid, and you don't know. And, and I got heckled by a blind guy one time. A blind guy. Oh, I got to I, not to outblind your blindness. Yeah. There was a blind guy at the Brea Improv one time, and he's sitting sideways, sitting off, and he's staring off at the wall. And I said to him, I made a joke, and I said. I, I, I didn't realize he was blind, and then he said, I'm blind. He's with all his friends, and I'm like, oh, fucking, till this day it makes my skin crawl. And I'm like, how, oh, I go, I have a good question. How hard is it to clear a room before you jerk off? Like, because you got roommates. Like, is that tough? And he goes, I, I don't know. And I said, you've never jerked off? And he goes, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know, okay? And I go, well, hang on. You are blind, right? And he's like, yes. And I go, and you've never had to clear a room to jerk off? I go, I don't think you're blind. And he goes, I'm fucking blind, man. Jesus Christ. And now I'm like like digging and digging and digging. And finally he stands up and tries to leave, but he's blind. He's walking into fucking everything. And he's doing it so bad that I think it's over the top. And I'm – one of his what, friends. Are you him? Cause, no, because he's knocking over fucking tables, and I'm like, this is a show. He's not really blind. He just has sunglasses on, and he's fucking with me. Oh, he's trying to be funny. Nobody's he, helping him? Fucking no. So one of his friends goes over and walks him out, 
and I'll never forget. You remember, no, Adam Richman? Yeah. yeah. Adam Richman actually stopped him and goes, would you like to file a complaint with the improv? I was like, Adam, what the fuck are you doing? Why yeah, would he Tom do Segura that? was next to him. He goes, Adam, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guy, they leave, and I go, I don't think he was blind. And they're like, he just got blind like three days ago. And I'm oh. like, what? And they're like, yeah, we took him out to try to cheer him up. But yeah, he just lost his vision three days ago. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker. Oh, I was like, oh, why don't you guys? God. I go, oh, my God. I fucking was, I was like. How was that set after that? Oh, that was the end of that show. That was the, the back when you you could do like the Brea improv, Brea improv like every Tuesday night, oh Tuesdays and Thursdays. Or I was like, oh fuck, that is uh, horrible. Jesus, I was I was I felt so bad, and I went out to find him, and they were drinking at the bar next door, uh, the yard house, and he he had got, and then I think I talked to them or something, and the guy he had gotten in a motorcycle accident. I was oh. like, fuck. Sometimes you got to wonder, like like I've had it where I'm like, where is management or security yes. when some of this shit? Like at the comedy store, one time I was at the comedy store like on a Tuesday or something, and I'm just doing my where set. Where is management or yeah. security? Anybody? I'm just doing my set. Literally, this guy walks up. He walks into the club. He starts walking towards the stage. It's like one of those nights where it's like fifteen, like twenty people. I'm having a pretty good set. I'm doing my thing. This guy walks towards the stage in front of the stage, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's coming to sit down he keeps coming he starts walking towards like he's gonna walk up the stage and i go can i help you <laughs> and he goes i just want to tell a joke and i go what and he goes yeah i just want i got i gotta I just want to just do a joke and i was like no and he and, and i realized this guy walked into the club nobody stopped him nothing he walked into the club starts walking towards it the, there's no doorman there's nobody to say Hey, uh, what's, what are you up to? He literally just – he was a crazy guy off the streets, wanted to do a joke. And no one stopped him. No one stopped him. And now nothing came of it because I was like, no, dude, get off. And then somebody – some, I was like, hello, security? I go, can someone please help? And, and I'm thinking to myself, this could have – and it was perfect because I just done some joke about like fucking, I don't know, like uh, Al-Qaeda or somebody coming after me or like the FBI or I forget what it was. It was some, some joke about like – I don't know. I don't know what. It, maybe I haven't hadn't even done that. I just maybe I talked about my background, and I was like, yeah. "Were yeah. you sent by somebody?" To, so the crowd <laughs> was with me. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, a crazy person can just walk, yeah. and fucking come at yep. you, and it's just you and them." And it's like, where is security, dude? I've I, I have I've done shows where the crowd has to bounce somebody. I was doing this. I was following Brody Stevens at the comedy store, and we had this weird change. Because, you know, at some point, Brody's just going through all of his credits, and it's funny, but he keeps going, he's going, he's going. I'm like, come on, bring me up, man. So anyways, we have this weird – he's getting heckled by this Australian girl. And he's like, Sam, do you want me to leave her up here? I'm like, no, kick her off. And the place goes crazy. So I realize it's not a fun heckler, you know, yeah, where you can have yeah. fun with them. So he brings me up. I start doing my act. I'm kind of like taking shots at Brody, having fun with him. She comes up, and she starts screaming at me. Why? Why Ugh. the fuck? How the fuck can that? Can you go into a comedy club and get that physically upset? I don't know, but she's screaming and screaming and screaming. And of course, I'm like, "Where is the security?" Now, if you ever done the comedy store, you know they only hire emos to bounce. Yeah, it's all like skinny jeans and sweaters yeah. and tight t-shirts. Aspiring That's all. comedians. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I mean, dude, and this chick's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm watching her face going from mad to angry, to murder. Like, she wants... I mean, it's just getting ugly. And I'm just nailing her, nailing her, nailing her. I mean, just killing this chick. I, was, I don't know where this, like, five-foot-four chick walks up from the crowd, walks over, grabs her... Hilarious. ...face-to-face, -face, spins her around, smacks her on the ass, pulls her back around, lifts her up, puts her over her shoulder... I love it. ...and oh, walks her out the thing. 
Sets her outside, goes, don't come back inside, walks back in and sits down. I'm like, do you know that chick? She's like, no, she's fucking annoying. I go, did you just bounce her? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my Hilarious. life. That's fucking awesome. That's awesome. The that's cr- why I've always been like, there should be chick bouncers. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's weird because I, I feel like the, I'm going to say successful is not the right word, but like. The longer you've been doing it, the more of a following that you get, the less that that happens, the less crazy people come out right. and start screaming. But there's at your always going to be some crazy people, like because what happens is, especially if you're doing clubs, if you're doing a theater, it's different because they definitely know that they bought the ticket to yeah. come see you. But when you're doing a club, there's going to be a few random people, like like uh, uh, this. Talk about the Middle East. I was doing a show in Beirut. Dude, when you bomb there, do you literally bomb? You really literally bomb. No, I was doing a show in Beirut. This was crazy. So I'm doing a show in Beirut, and this guy set up. The, I, I, this, this is what this is. This is what happened. I did. I did. I went from doing a show in Saudi Arabia the night before, in uh uh like at a in at an animal preserve because in Saudi Arabia it's illegal to do shows. So the guy that would do the shows, Isn't it was like crazy. It's yeah. illegal to that? do shows. Yeah. Why? It's it's because it's just like what what it is is Saudi Arabia's got a it's got a very uh, uh, diverse kind of uh, uh, citizenry. It's got like the religious types, uh, and then and then they've got the people that are a lot more liberal. And the religious types years ago, like I don't know, thirty years ago or so, I don't know the exact history, but they were saying like. 30 some odd years ago like movies were banned like just like that kind of entertain like western entertainment was banned God, no wonder they blow themselves up it was you banned but but the problem is but movie? the problem is but the problem is look the, the thing is a lot of people get it like underground dvds and all kinds of stuff like you could get oh, i've heard that i've heard like the number one cable is like hardcore pornography Yeah, you get everything man everything you like like so so there's like a group that's getting like sees and does what they want and then there's and a lot of it's like from poverty and stuff like the people that are like poorer probably like are a lot more religious and they just listen to whatever is told them and that's it so anyway so 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 entertainment is is illegal so this guy had put this guy would put together this guy would put together these comedy shows and they were all underground and is that scary is it, for you, it, for as for me, it's not because like we're coming from America, so having an American passport is really like you're, you're they really are are good to you. Like I mean, if if I were doing if I were doing drugs or something, that's a whole yeah. other ball game. Okay. But if I'm if I'm there as an entertainer, especially as like someone who like is known, then if I were to get in trouble, the worst they would do is maybe like deport me, like get out of here. The guy who threw the shows would get in trouble, and you can't and you can't bring a drink on stage. Uh, no, you can't. No, alcohol is totally illegal. But again, people have it in their places. It's yeah. like underground. You know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, so so I'd gone from like doing a show. So so to do shows, they either have to do them at like embassies or or like so, so like they not not embassies. I'm sorry. Like um like uh they did it at the uh, um uh, the consulate. Like we did it like in Jeddah. We did it at the Venezuelan consulate or with the Italian consulate. So it's like closed doors, and it's another country. For expats. Really. It's 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 no, it's for locals. So like lo, like a lot of a lot of these people in the Middle East are Western educated. So like there's a lot of like young kids who are like learning English and stuff. So they'll come uh, again. It's like and the audiences are amazing because they don't like here in you know in L.A. You can go see 50 movies. You can go see a bunch of comedy shows. You can do whatever you want. Over there, you're the only show in town. So they're and, showing and you, up. And it's like that old school dangerous. It's like smoking 
drinking beers when you were 14 because it's illegal it's like yeah it's, it's illegal like but, a, <clears throat> but but like i mean i think for the most part people are like pretty secure that like nothing's gonna happen although yeah. like for example like the guy was telling me one time they did do a show because one of the things is like in saudi arabia in particular like women aren't even allowed to drive so like for the for like teenage for like young girls I mean, to they, they, they've got everything wrong right right exactly no, <laughs> they, they've got some good ideas no, yeah no Asian women are definitely not allowed to drive. No, um, no, but like, like the guy was telling me they were doing a show one time. Uh, I think at one of these consulates, and like the so once you go into the consulate, it's another country. Like nobody, no, even Saudi police can't do anything. But the Saudi police, like in this in this area, that's like an affluent area. It's like Embassy Row. The Saudi police saw all these like cars driving up with like these like teenage girls getting out, and they were like, "What's going on here?" And they got upset and like they closed down the show. And like a lot of these girls that are coming, like, you know, they 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 all have clout. Like they're like, you know, because they're Western educated. So their parents are somebody. So they can't really get in a lot of trouble. Again, the person that can get in a lot of trouble is the promoter, really, is like probably who's going to get being a promoter must be dangerous as shit. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, so it's like it's like they know that they like, for example, there's like. The, the Saudis have like thousands of princes. Like, there's a bunch of people in the royal family. So these promoters will have like a prince in the royal family, kind of backing them up. Like, you know. So if worse, worse comes to worse, it's all about like know, who you know. And, That's crazy. Yeah. So you do these shows. So I've done this show in Saudi Arabia. So you either got to do like at a consulate or like I did one in like this. And did you have to bring people? Was it a bringer? <laughs> it was a bringer. Um, no, I was saying it's it's crazy. Like you are like. You like I was saying like I'm the Eddie Murphy of the Middle East because Eddie Murphy ain't going to the Middle East. You know what I'm right. saying? That's yeah. what it is. So it's like so you show so so you show up in Saudi Arabia and it's this show and and in Riyadh and this guy's got like this outdoor setup with like a thousand seats outdoors. It's this animal preserve. So this this one prince owns this animal preserve where there's like a racetrack where you race cars. Then there's like an an like lions out back somewhere. He set up this whole thing. So like and and you're like a celebrity there, right? So they're like we're gonna show up early. They're gonna give you a car to r- drive around the racetrack for a while. So I'm driving like a BMW. Your around gigs the are way better than my gigs, yeah. man. So so then I go do the show and oh and then we go to do the show and they've set up these two tents that are like the green rooms. There are these two tents with like food and everything. And we're hanging out, and suddenly it starts raining. It hadn't rained in like two years. So it starts raining. And then they're like, what are we going to do? And I go, don't worry. Because what they do is they put local comics on the show to do like 10, 15 minutes each. Then you headline. And, and I was supposed to do this outside on the stage. I go, I go, you know what? I go, we do this at the comedy store all the time. I go, there's three rooms. I go, what you do is you have the MC go and start in the other tent. I go, I go take the 1,000 people, put 500 in one tent, put another 500 in the other tent. We don't even need mics. I go, we don't even need mics. We just put, 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 put the comics on the table, have everyone else sit around the tent, and I go, the first, the, the host starts, does his 15, then brings up the next guy, next guy. By the time I'm up here, you get the show going in the other, because once the host does tent one, he goes to tent two and gets the show going in tent two. Right. And I go, you just keep going, and then I go, if we, if we over, you know, if we lag in time, either the guy's got to do a little extra time, or they can take an intermission, I'll come in, I'll close it out. You're like MacGyver over there. MacGyver, I'm putting this together. And then we're like ready to go, and it's raining outside, and suddenly the rain stops. Oh. So now we're like, what are we going to do? And then, and then one of the people there is like, listen, in Saudi Arabia, when the rain stops, it stops. We're like, all right, back out. <laughs> We're like, back outside. Everyone back outside. So everyone's outside. In Saudi Arabia. It's, that's, there's no, LA has none yeah. of those adages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Saudi Arabia, when yeah. the rain stops, it stops. It stops. If you see a buffalo. Yeah. So now we're outside. And it's windy, and people are, like, putting blankets over themselves and stuff. And we're doing the show. Do the show. Thousand people. Rock and roll. Uh, it's, it's a successful show. 
here's the other thing that's really trippy is the whole thing of like male female right so i'd forgotten like women aren't allowed into some restaurants like women like so so after the show these guys and i'm with like the the promoters this british guy there's like a lot of the a lot of the other performers are you know saudis and 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 uh and you know lebanese and like just other arab comics that live there um and they're like, hey, let's go grab a bite. So we go to like the main strip in Riyadh. Like it's like going on the Sunset Strip. And there's cars cruising. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. It's packed. And it's like hot as hell at like 2 in the morning. It's hot as hell. And you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. And you look around. You're like, wait a minute. It's all guys. <laughs> there's no girls. I'm like, where's the girls? They're like, girls aren't a lot. And he's like, once in a while, the girls who are like, who are really like pushing the envelope a little bit. Like, and these are like young girls. They'll get their driver to bring them out. And these are girls who, like, probably feel like, hey, I got enough clout where if anybody pulls me over, like, my dad is the, you know, minister of whatever. So they'll get their, like, their driver to bring them out. And the tinted windows in, like, a nice car. And, like, they're trying to meet boys. So they'll, like, exchange whatever numbers or some shit. But you're looking out at the coffee shops. Like, there's Starbucks. There's all kinds of Western shit. But there's all dudes hanging out. I'm like, what the hell? I might like the Middle East. I might, yeah. I might, yeah. I might have enjoyed that. I think, I think the amount of freedom we have right now is kind of fucking insane. And I think it probably there's a no. It's listen. like the other day, like like the other day, I just said to myself, I'm going to stop using my cell phone. I'm going to give myself a day off from my cell phone. And I didn't have this general underlying anxiety. There's that probably is, something nice to that. Yeah, and so like I think it would be cool to go. I don't but know. They, but, dude, they Here's use their pro- cell phones. They use their cell phones even more than we do. Here's some, Somebody pointed this out to me. They go, listen, Facebook is huge in the Middle East. The reason it it's is? huge in the Middle East is because – of course. The reason it's huge in the Middle East is because, um, again, y- young guys and girls can't go to a coffee shop. Their coffee shop is Facebook. They have to do Shut all their talking, up. communicating there, and then they'll go to like an event like ours, or they'll go to a party. There's all like, the, the show that I was telling you, like you, because Bert yeah. and I ran into each other. Bert's like, you should do a show for the Travel Channel. The show I wanted to do was, I said, I was like, I want to go and show the West how Westernized the Middle East is. Like when I went to do these shows, these dudes, the dudes showed up like all dressed in like dark like goth looking clothes i was like what's your deal he's like oh i'm like a i'm a death rock musician like there's a (laughs) there's a death rock scene in saudi arabia we were escorted to our show by the harley davidson chapter of Riyadh. like a hundred dudes showed up in harleys let's go guys do they look are they big and fat like our harley guys they're not they're actually better shape really but but they dress with all the stuff it was just crazy so all that stuff's go so so uh, i was just getting they just don't mingle with the chicks no, they mingle with the chicks. They just they, they they find their own way to do it. I mean, I'm just, out in public, you can't mingle with the chicks. But like you know, behind closed doors. I really wanted you. Whatever happened with that with the travel channel? I don't know. We we, we talked to the p- person in talent, and then they were like talking to some people in development. I don't even know what happened with that. But that that's a side story. But but the the getting to the thing of like once your your fans are coming to your shows, you don't get heckled as much. Yeah. Well, so so I go from like rock and roll in front of a thousand people in Riyadh where it's set up for my show and these guys are like and you can do no wrong like like even if you feel like you're having a bad set like they you're a celebrity you know what i'm saying like you're yeah. you they're having a great time to the next day i fly i go to uh um to beirut now beirut's the total opposite beirut anything goes like chicks guys sex really? drugs and oh they party it's like i could get down in beirut dude beirut is re- i always tell people i go go to beirut beirut is beautiful it's on the mediterranean i heard it's like paris 
Dude, it's crazy. Well, they used to say it's like the Paris of the Middle East. It's yeah. not quite like that, but it's like it's just like it's like it's like going to like what I, there's I would, booze over there. Booze galore, oh, dude. It's like forget I could get it. Drunk in Beirut, dude. I showed up in Beirut. I showed up. If he up. did his get down to a, a boot on his dong in Beirut, would there be trouble? If he did what on his dong? What would what, you say you got down to? Got your down sh- to a boot on my dong, just uh, like when I stripped for that for that show. They would probably, depending on where, like if you're. If like I a, came out in Beirut, if it's say 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 me you and Tripoli were in Beirut, you're I'm obviously opening. Yeah, you're headlining, but <laughs> I come out to the Black Betty that oh bam lam Black Betty bam lam right. Rip my shirt off, pound a beer, and do my first fifteen minutes shirtless. They'd love you. They they'd be like, really? They'd love you. They'd I'd be, imagine they'd be like, so this is every. They were right. Americans are lunatics. Yeah. No, no, no. They would love you. They would like no. Is that they, your set? You open up with fifty minutes with your shirt off. I do my. I sometimes if I'm in a good mood, I'll come up to Black Betty, rip my shirt so off. So now you're sober. You're drunk at this point. Sober. It's first beer oh. of the night. If oh, okay. it's a one show night, definitely. Be like a Thursday or a Sunday, because because I, I don't have to worry about the next show. So I'll just go up. Pound a Heineken, rip my shirt off, and do probably my first fifteen minutes. Shirtless. They would love you. Have they you ever you. just been shit? Oh, uh, yes. This is a dumb question, but yes, man, I did a show one time. I was uh, Carlos Mencia had shown up, and he bumped me. And I had this rule with Carlos that if he does more than twenty five, no more than thirty minutes, I don't go up because like wherever you are, that's over thirty minutes is a headlining spot. Yeah, yeah. you know, let him cl- close it up. So he bumps me. Does thirty? Does twenty nine minutes? Huh. So I gotta go up. His alarm goes off in his phone. He goes, oh, "Okay, that's my time." <laughs> so he gets done. And he goes, "You guys have been great." I mean, and again, he's trying to bury me. Yeah. He's trying to put me deep. Yeah. And he's using every n word, and the place is going crazy. I mean, just fire. And he goes, man, you guys are great, man. Great show. The place goes nuts. He goes, are you ready for your next comic? And literally the entire room goes, oh, there's another uh, one. Yes. That's literally <laughs> what was going on in that room. And I'm not lying. For the first time ever in my life, I got tunnel vision. Hold the mic. Hold the mic. You, you need the mic. On the planet right now. <laughs> I, I just had this weird tunnel. I could barely see the stage. He's like, I'm like, I got to be the, I'm the one in this room who has to follow this ship. So he goes, all right, man, you guys right. Please welcome to your headliner, Sam Tripoli. And he does, to this day, is, I think is the worst thing I've ever seen. He <laughs> runs off stage. He leaves the stage completely oh, wait for you. empty. Yeah. So five minutes it take me to get up to stage because I'm doing high five and everybody. And they're like, oh, good luck on that, bro. <laughs> good, luck. Uh, good luck with that. And I go up and I, I just have this joke I do when I follow a really big name in a horrible situation. And I drop it in the whole place. Boom. And like for 45 minutes, I just murder this room. And yeah. they wait, kinda, the comedy store? No, it was at the uh, Edison Improv. Oh, okay. Dallas. Oh, man. What's the, what's the joke that you do when you follow somebody it, like that? It's so dumb, I don't even want to say it. Let's hear it. Come on. No, yeah, it's just like, on. oh, great, i got to follow like Carlos Mencia at the improv. Ne- she come to my gig next week, i got to follow the Pope at the Vatican. Oh, okay. yeah, and yeah, the yeah. place just goes nuts. It, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, yeah. it always kills. I follow yeah, yeah. doing a Dane Cook. I follow Joe Rogan, everybody. And I kill for 45 minutes. And I go next door to the piano bar. And everyone's like, you did it, man. We were, we were with you. We totally were helping, man. And shot, 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 shot. Yeah. Well, I had gotten a standing O earlier in the week. So the whole staff had decided to bring all their friends to the, like, 11 o'clock, oh, 11.30 show. Oh, that's those three show Saturdays? Yeah. Oh, they oh, yeah, fucking yeah. suck. Yeah. I was blackout drunk on stage. 
for like 45 minutes dude Hilarious. just and they're like oh well he's he was funny the whole rest of the week and i shot myself in the foot because i had followed this like i'd literally i could have done i survived the tv show after that yeah well the, the 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 drinking thing is uh is funny because because i think the one time that i was like uh, I, you were there. I'd gone to dinner with some friends at the comedy before the comedy show, and then I brought all my friends, and I drank so much that I was up there kind of drunk. And I remember the audience wasn't laughing, but I remember I think you and Brett Ernst and a few other people in the back just cracking up because I don't know what I was saying, but I realized like you can't get too drunk, like you know, you know. And, I've, and I've, the Stone thing I've done once with when when I was hosting a thing with Galern. And and I kept I kept coming back and they're getting stoned so I was like let me try this I'm really paranoid when I get stoned so I was hosting and and it was like five people in this room and I would tell a joke and the joke would go out and there'd be no reaction and then a few seconds later they would start laughing and I think it was my head with the the weed was fucking with my head and I was like <laughs> oh my god they know I'm stoned. And I was like, do I acknowledge it? I go, no, I can't acknowledge it because that's trouble. Like, you think it's trouble. Yeah, yeah. So then I was just and, – and I realized it was the worst feeling ever. So I said, never again, stoned. Never again. But the drunk – I get, I get a little – I don't I don't oh. – now, now, you could go to Beirut. Now, here's the thing. So, so I went from Saudi Arabia. You know, it's – you know, there's no booze. The next, like, two days – so I fly. I get to Beirut. Now, the, the, in, in Lebanon, the guy was like, listen, man, the, you know, short notice, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do the show at a bar. My friend has a bar. We'll do it at the bar. Yeah. I'm like, great. So I show up, and first of all, talk about booze. The guy's like, what do you need to drink? I go, you guys got any Don Julio? He's like, yeah, I got Don Julio. I go, just give me a you know, double Don Julio rocks, lime. He's like, no problem. He comes up with a bottle of Don Julio. He's like, that's your bottle. And and he's like, that's and, he, great. and he pours me the thing. And I'm, and I'm starting to have a couple sips. I don't want to get drunk because I got two shows that night. I go downstairs. They've set the stage up on the bar, so I feel like ugly. You're Betty. standing on the bar. Uh, ugly, uh, ugly coyote. What's that? Ugly, coyote, coyote, ugly. Coyote, yeah. coyote. I'm on the fucking bar. There's literally there's two bars. There's one bar that's functioning, and the other bar with the whole setup of booze behind me. I'm standing on the bar doing my show. Now this goes back to what you were saying about not having hecklers at your show because people know you. Well, this is a this is a this is a room with like 150 people. So there, it, there's not that much room for people to come beyond the people that are coming for my show, right? But the way they're doing it at this bar, they're like, we're going to have a comedy show, and then we're going to have like an after party. Like, it's going to keep going. So during it, yeah. my show, first of all, they keep bringing me double Don Julio's. I'm getting more and more drunk as the night goes on. Halfway through the show, I realize there's this table. There's this group of girls that keep talking on the right. Uh, no matter where you are, there's a group of girls that keeps talking. Dude, and even I'm in like, a place where they're not allowed to talk, they're dude. still talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even yeah, in yeah, a fucking yeah, place where they're not allowed yeah, to drive, yeah. they're talking. Yeah. But no, this is Beirut, so they're allowed to talk and drive and fuck with you. <laughs> So they're sitting there talking, and I'm like, and some, I'm like, what's going on? And it's a bachelorette party. Oh my god! They have bachelorette parties over there, dude. Beirut, I'm telling you, Beirut. Do they have little dicks on their heads? Dicks on the heads. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, I'm serious. Wait, are they little white she dicks, dildo, and black dicks, or just dildo, all tan you, dicks? Whatever you want. No, I'm serious. Listen, man. First of all, Beirut, I'm telling you, like the nightlife I in Beirut. Fucking Beirut, dude. You got and the food's amazing. It's amazing. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my god. And I'm like, excuse me. I go, guys, the girl. Yeah, hey, ladies, there's a show going on. So they're they're like stage right. Rest of the crowd is totally listening. Hey, you know there's a show, comedy show, ah, whatever. Talk, talk to the bachelorette, do a couple of jokes, and you know how it is when you when you sh- when you hit a drunk person. If they're not too drunk, the quiet down and the show goes on. Yeah. When you got a group of drunk, really drunk people, they keep coming. Yeah. They keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. Finally, I'm like, oh my god. Finally, oh, at one point they have these two guys that have like been taking pictures of them and stuff, and I don't know who they were, but maybe they're like they're they're like 
party starters or something. They're there with the girls. Yeah. Darren Carter. Darren Carter. Party Darren starters. Carter. Party so starters. one of the guys comes over, and I realize now that these guys, because the guy comes over and he's like, and he he doesn't speak English that well. Everyone yeah. else in the cl- in the club speaks it because they're there to see a comedy show. This guy, he's like, uh, how much longer you do? I go, uh, I go, I. I I go, they hired me, the club. I go, did you know there's a comedy? He's like, no, it's a bachelorette part. I'm like, hey, management. I'm like, did anyone tell these guys there's a comedy show? Later on, I talk to the manager. I go, what the fuck? He's like, you know, I had a table at 30. I had to take it, you know? I was like. I had a table at 30. Yeah, yeah still. It. It's like. Yeah. So, so, and then the dude, so the fucking dude's like, so the dude has no idea what I'm doing. He's like, uh, are you going to sing? This are guy was asking sing? me. He's like, he thinks I'm a, I'm a fucking entertainer. I'm like, no, I'm not going to sing. He's like, uh, well, then hurry up, hurry up. I'm like, fuck you. And I you not, said that to oh, him? Yeah, I'm like, fuck you. I, I get pissed at him. And, and then and at the, this, was, this, was the, this was the best part of it. So he's like, the guy was like eating some like, he had like a, like a bowl of like fucking uh, nuts and pistachios. And he's like fucking cocky eating right there. I'm like, what the fuck are you eating right there? He's like, hey, whatever, fucking, uh, you know, uh, it's nuts. I go, give me one of those fucking things. I go, throw it in the air. The dude throws it in the air in front of 200 people like a fucking seal. I just... Hump, just grab it in the air with like with my mouth. Just fucking just out, took it in. I'm like, yeah, the place goes crazy because I got the fucking thing. I'm like, now sit the shit. I go sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. And they go back and, they, and I finish my set. I get off stage. I go to the man. What the fuck were you thinking? And the manager, manager's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. But it was like, but, but talking about like fucking these people were there to see me and still because the problem is. Sometimes, first of all, you have no idea who's buying tickets. Number one. Yeah. Secondly, management sometimes is more retarded than you think. Oh God! Like, why no, would I you mean, put like, on a comedy show and not tell these people, "Hey, bachelorette party? Why don't you guys come at eleven when it turns into a club, yeah. as opposed to eight thirty when it's a fucking comedy Dude, show?" I did a show which was a Middle Eastern show at the Improv, and this was like there was only twenty people in the crowd until a bus of special people pull oh, in God. and they pack the room with special people. It's a room full of all special people. Comics are going up and just eating it, getting off stage going, dude, they're heckling, and they like dick jokes, bro. I'm like, this is perfect. Literally a room full of special people. I go up, and I'm just, they're just, I mean, I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying when I tell you these special people are drinking. They're doing shots. They got beers. I just start racking on there because they had a really hot, like, counselor or yeah. something with them and i started talking about which one of you guys want to bone their counselor place goes fucking nuts dude <laughs> like it doesn't matter like if a group of people i don't care who it is nazi youth will buy like 50 seats yeah the comedy club will put them in the show You're right I, I worked at i worked at the improv the day after the first show after 9 11 and uh, i was the first comic i was hosting first comic to go up when they open the doors walk in and it has been rented out by a Middle Eastern family. Oh, they've got, they've got. Oh my God! The place is packed. It's all Middle Eastern people in the middle, and then they let other people come in too. Oh and so my there's God. white people, and I'm the first person on stage, and I have no idea how to handle it. I was like, I was like, all right, um, okay, uh, I guess I'll stay away from the obvious. And the, and you know, like, and the. You could tell these guys didn't want any jokes to be made. That I, it was the most uncomfortable. Ugh. I just fucking bombed. I did my act and fucking bombed. Yeah, yeah. that was a weird time. No, it's, you know, that was the first time the comedy store has ever been closed. Yeah, it was closed. You know what, what, what's uh, what, what's crazy about um, uh, about what, what what all all this stuff about the hecklers and stuff? Like, I I imagine what you were saying. I imagine like 
Jerry Seinfeld probably does not get a heckler. I, no, I imagine. If you watch his movie, he does get hecklers. I don't All care right. who you are. Yeah. There, especially chicks. There is a chick who will heckle you. I think guys, I have this theory that guys understand social hierarchy. It's because we've been beaten up. I think we. I think guys understand that I don't want to get into a physical confrontation. Women have no problem. Yeah. No problem just chirping in. I don't think you're funny. And you're like, because they know you. There's you, All you can do is go back at them and make fun of them. And then if you take it too far, then like. Uh, yeah. Like, but even women also have this ability to move up socially without really even doing anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's this weird thing. Like, if you're a really hot chick, Kim you Kardashian. come from the poorest place in the world, yeah. meet this really rich guy, and all of a sudden you're high society. Yeah. Whereas a guy, most likely, you're going to have to, unless you're born into it, it's you're really going to have to I never work thought of it that way, way up through everything. And like, there's a chick who looks great Kobe's in wife. jeans. Kobe's wife. 100%. A girl who looks great in jeans who turned down Bono, the greatest rock star in the world. He threw a little heat at her. He's like, ah, she's like, ah, I'm not into that. You know what I'm saying? Like the greatest rock star on the planet yeah. got shot down by some chick who just looks great in jeans. Yeah. It's like she doesn't, she, there's no. But there so- may also be part of this. Like we all know women talk more than men. Yeah. I mean, as we're talking for three hours on this. <laughs> but we all know, like in general, women like to talk. We like, so it also might be like if you're at a comedy show and a dude sees the guy and the guys and a dude might be like, you know what, man, 15 more minutes of this shit and I get out of here. Or let me go get a drink at the bar. I don't need to watch yeah. this crap. I've had that. I've had people, you know, front row. I look at their face. They, they obviously don't like me. That's and, the worst, yeah. man. And then, That's and then, worse than heckling yeah. when you just see someone just hate you. No, but, but you know Focus what? Focus on that. Because no, you can't get them kicked out. But, but, no, but I, enjoying themselves. But, no, but I, I look away and I let them get up. And walk, like I, the past weekend, a couple of guys, they kept getting up. And part of it is like, I don't know if this guy's drunk. I don't know if he, does, if he doesn't love it. He doesn't have to like my stuff. Yeah. So the, I think guys might just sit there and do that, whereas a woman maybe feels like I should express my opinion about this. Like I, I didn't ask for your opinion, but the woman maybe feels like there's like a thing in a woman that's like a button pushing them like talk. Just what? talk. What it, sh- it should be noted, by the way, that my fucking yard guy hasn't come to our house in three fucking weeks <laughs> and he shows up today. I'm so fucking angry at this guy. Hilarious. He literally has missed like because he shows up on Tuesdays, and so every holiday has been a Tuesday. Oh yeah, and I'm like fucking hilarious. Off. What were we gonna say? I love no, I love women. I mean, obviously, I don't want this to be like I'm bashing women, but women also have this interesting thing where like I saw this with Rogan all the time, where like girls would heckle him because they were attracted to him. Sure, and they wanted like. They wanted like it was almost that like school ground mentality where like I pull your hair but because I think you're cute yeah and that's women also want to engage you because they're really attracted to you and that's how they're kind of used to engaging someone they're attracted to. But you know to. what? Let's 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 say this too. The hecklers, ninety nine percent of the time are drunk. Yes. yes. Very rarely do you have a sober heckler. Ninety nine percent of the time they're drunk, and a lot of the time, like obviously, the drunk dude is just an asshole. And and you and it's it's great to rip into that guy. Like, shut the fuck. And then the drunk because we all know like alcohol. Obviously, w- women probably have less of a tolerance. I've had so many like white women drinking white like wine and just getting all like you know and just saying <laughs> random shit. One time, this lady in and in, in Houston four hundred four hundred four like I, I don't know how big that Houston improv is. It was a great night. Audience is loving it. This lady sitting in the front with this dude. They look like. They look really classy. The yeah. guy was dressed nicely, like some Italian dude or something, probably in their fifties, older. That's when it's like heartbreaking because I'm like, 
you're you're supposed to be like an esteemed member of society. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not a fucking piece of trash. And the lady in the middle of my whole thing, and like I'm killing, uh, it's going great. Audience is with me, fantastic. Doing some crowd work. Da da da. And then suddenly there's a minute while I'm uh, two seconds while I'm grabbing a drink of water, and she's going. So, so where where are you from? And I go, excuse me? She goes, where are you from? And I go, oh, you know, I try to make fun of it. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I have fun. I'm like, I'm actually, I, I was just, I, I came out. I said I'm originally, you know, I live in L.A., but I'm originally from Iran. And she's like, no, but you know what I mean. I go, no, no, I don't. I don't know what you mean. And she keeps going. And then the crowd is laughing. And now I start going like, I could rip into her. And be mean, but I, I could tell that the, the husband, whoever he is, kind of like distancing. And I'm like, hello, sir. I go, you got to deal with that. I understand. I go, it's okay. Yeah. I have some fun with that. Crowd laughs. And she keeps talking. And I'm like, oh, shit, this lady's. And I felt so bad. Like, I kind of talked to them a little bit. She quieted down for a minute. And then, and, and the best part for me was um, I kept going, and they were towards the front. And, and and it kept going and and at some point I could tell she's just she's gone she's like she's barely sitting up you know yeah. and that's the alcohol intake level she can't handle the alcohol and this is like ten minutes into the show so I don't know what kind of dinner they had or how much wine she had but she's just like eh. and I could tell the guy's kind of like looking around and she's kind of now she's fiddling around and I'm like man you know I, I, she gets up and I'm like okay they're leaving they get up they leave and I still I'm like. You know, you want to go at them, but you're having a good enough set, and yeah. you don't want. So once they left, I did like one more joke, and then I stopped the whole show, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And the crowd just starts erupting, and then I start, then I started ripping into her in a way that, like, I felt it felt good to. I, I had to like vent, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And the crowd loved that I was venting. And yeah, and there's a fine line there too, because uh, if you go too far, yeah, they can get Roy angry. Johnson. Yeah. Roy Johnson was featuring for me in Atlanta, and. He did not. He was not having a good set or whatever, and he did not like the lady in the front row. He's featuring. I'll never forget this. And I'm about to go on stage, and I just hear this fucking tirade. Just and then you're fucking white trash piece of shit with a goddamn phone on your ear, like you're important, lady. You're a fucking cunt. Oh. And then he gets off stage, and it, I go, "What was happening?" And he goes, "Oh, it's fine. I took care of it." <laughs> I walk outside. I walk up on stage, and the girl's crying. And I go, and she goes, "You're an asshole." I go, "I haven't done anything. I haven't said anything." That's <laughs> the worst. She goes, well, "That guy before you," and I was like, ah. "And they, their whole table left." I go, "Well, you can't." fucking feature and drop a c-bomb yeah it's about setting you up i've been yeah. heckled <laughs> by the la jolla city council this woman who was on the la jolla city council was shit face heckled the crap out of me i wish i got on tape because it was textbook destroying a heckler i i engage her i rip her then i turn the whole crowd against her yeah here's the thing i get off stage brett ernst is like dude watch out there would guys and they're not too happy oh fuck! so i'm sitting in the back i'm sitting with the all the staff we're hanging out and uh, this guy walks up to me he's a little drunk and he starts walking towards me and like a, a naive idiot i'm like he's gonna come up and apologize to me for them being crazy oh, no. <laughs> he walks up to me and he just goes whack and smacks the shit out of me and like it didn't hurt i was stunned yeah i'm like you just hit me dude like i was like it froze and all of a sudden Every employee who's ever worked there in the history of the La Jolla Comedy Store comes out of the woodwork, and we start 
thumping this dude. Oh. And I'm not really a fighter, but I was laying the wood on this guy. She's like, I'm on the La Jolla City Council. I'm like, you should have gotten rid of this guy. It was hilarious because they were trying to pull him out of the place, but the like one of the doors had been locked in, so he had one leg on one side of the door, oh another leg on God. the other side of the door, and they couldn't pull him out as the staff is beating the crap out of him. Oh, my God. You know, it's embarrassing because you were saying this lady's a member of the city council because, you know, everybody knows this, this lady's got an alcohol problem. Yeah. And they yep. probably run into this shit all the time. Yeah, and, 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 and the, I, what bothers me is that I, like when, I've, when a, te- a heckler comes at me and I go at them back, I think they should understand that that's part of this job, that what is happening is this is part of the job, and they should not bleed into physical confrontations yeah. after the show. Yeah, yeah like, it's weird. I've had people throw stuff at me. I saw Rich Voss. Get, I think I think it was Rich Voss get hit by a get hit by an ashtray. I got the best. You want to hear the craziest one? I was watching Chappelle when I used to work at the Boston. I used to work that Boston Comedy Club. I used to work the door. I'd be like barking, bringing people. Chappelle comes in one night and he's fucking blitzed. He's drunk. He's high, and uh, he's just riffing and he's smoking cigarettes on stage. That's how long ago this was. He's smoking cigarettes and he's saying how they market. They it's menthol and he's like they market it to black people. He's like, they market these things to kill black people. And they make it like it's, it's minty. He goes, I wouldn't be surprised if they made like watermelon cigarettes or, or fried chicken cigarettes to market it to black people. And it gets a laugh. It's a lot of white people in the room. And there's, there's three frat boys up front. And they laugh. And he keeps going. And then he goes to get another cigarette. And he's out. And he sees the guy in the front. And he has a cigarette. And he goes, hey, man, can I get a cigarette from you? And the guy goes, yeah, it's fried chicken flavored. And Dave goes, what the fuck did you just say? He goes, it's fried chicken flavored. And <laughs> it's like, you said the joke yeah, earlier, yeah. dude. And, and he for, Dave forgot he told the joke. He goes, you telling me, you telling a black man it's fried chicken flavored? And the guy goes, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Oh, or no. watermelon. And Dave goes, fucking watermelon? He totally <laughs> forgot he told the joke. And he fucking jumps into the crowd and starts fighting this guy. Hilarious. <laughs> fucking everyone and like godfrey was there and godfrey all godfrey he didn't hear the joke he just heard the guy go it's fried chicken flavor oh, i heard the whole thing God. a fucking fight breaks out shows over and i'm like i remember i was talking to tony woods he was like is he really blowing right at my door <laughs> <laughs> and, but yeah and, and he was like dave's like that's fucked up i go no it's dave's joke dave told it it was so fucking funny but hilarious yeah. Yeah, I almost got beat up this weekend. So it happens, man. I don't understand it because all you want to do is, like, you know, I've been blessed comedically that I, I, right now I think people are catching up with my comedy. There used to be a weird moment where I was a little too much for them, but now they're kind of catching up. But it used to be like where I would walk up on stage and just the, the room would ice, and yeah. I would be like. What's going on? Like, you were just going crazy. I literally walked up, and you all got, like, so quiet. What is going on here, man? And I would, like, I would start doing my act, and I would just start crushing. And people would come up to me after going, oh, man, I didn't want to like you when you walked up on stage. I'm like, why? Weird. Like you. <laughs> what? That's a good thing to have in show business. The kind of face where people automatically don't want to like well, you. Well, <laughs> I think that's half the reason why everything's such a struggle for me is because I have this like instant like vibe on stage. But Hilarious. I'm like, why don't you want to like me when I walk in? Like I didn't walk up with like puppy blood on my hands. Yeah. I'm at a comedy club. I've been hired to do comedy. You should like me when I walk up. I've literally been told that. Not, I'm not just. I once, didn't like, want to like you when I saw you. <laughs> that is so. Fucking hard to do stand up. Bro. Yeah, that's all the time I walk up to that, and I have to address it because I know when it happens. 
someone will kill and I walk up and just you feel like crystallization going over the stage. I get the different. I get the exact opposite. I always feel like I don't live up to their expectations. Like they like me so much, <laughs> and I'm like, and they're like, I thought you were going to be better. You just look funny. You're fat. Well, and- that's the problem. That's the problem if you're known. Um, like if people come to you because they've seen, like that was the whole thing with with Michael Richards. People they'd be like, ladies and gentlemen, like when he started trying to stand up at the comedy store, Man. they're like, you know him as Kramer. Give people, him, and they're going, I was oh excited. I was excited the first time I saw him. And then they go up there and be like, yeah, do a couple of prop fall, and the, like two minutes of laughter, and then they'd be like, um, that's it, that's it. What else? I've yeah. been let down by a lot of guys. Like I like get excited to see them, and then they're like, hmm, that wasn't what I thought it would be. Can you watch comedy? Uh, It's really hard for me to watch comedy now, unless it's like somebody where someone's like, oh, this guy's a really funny guy or a good friend of mine. I'll watch what he's working on. But yeah, I do the latter. Really hard for me to watch comedy. One person I think is, I was just thinking today, the other day, about how I think he might be the overall, if you take all aspects of comedy, stand up comedic acting sketch writing he may be the close thing to the total package and that's nick kroll have you ever watched yeah. him live let yeah. me tell you what else what, what else is fucking really great about nick kroll and i say this i there's he he does something that not a lot of people do that more people should do uh he compliments people and is really friendly nick like, kroll is the funny he dude. came up to me one night and he said i think you're really funny i was like oh thanks man he was i don't think he was even like big yet I was like, thanks. He goes, yeah, me and my friends, we, we, we think you're really funny. We like watching you do stand-up. I was like, oh, thanks, man. And I, I, met, I met him, and I remembered his name, and then I saw him on a couple things, and I was like, oh, that guy's fucking nice as shit. You did the same thing to me. I said that one time to some of the some guys doing the Ice House thing. They're, they're like, do you know Tribbly? And I was like, yeah. You came up. We did that Louis Anderson uh, funny National Lampoon's yeah. thing. And Again, a show I do with a bunch of millionaires. Who's, <laughs> who was on, who's your, who's your you friend? You burn. Um, you were with somebody. It was like, me, Steve Burns. Yeah. Was Lonnie Brian Love. Holtzman on that show? I don't know. Joey Diaz was there. What? Yeah, he was in on it. He was on, I think, another show though. But you came up to me. You're like, you're like, hey, and I was. I remember I had to follow you, and and Byrne was like, oh, Triple E's a murderer, and I was like, nervous as shit. And you came up, and you're like, hey, are you gonna do your uh, touching the cops' faces bit? I think that's what it was, or maybe it was like my dating some bit. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And you're like, it's really funny. Me and my friend, it's like our favorite bit. Might have been my carrot cucumber. Or I something. remember seeing you in the main room doing that joke. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a bad motherfucker. And I was like, I was like, no. And I got really excited. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And you're like, I'm Sam. And then I was like, oh, how fucking cool! I don't have to hate the guy. I can like him, hope he does well, and hope I can follow it. Yeah. And then you went up and you did the fucking my favorite, uh, my favorite joke where the girl playing uh, basketball. And you like now oh, I know I what the brothers off. feel like. She goes up for a layup, and I ring her bell. <laughs> just ting, and you knock the mic stand over, and I fucking, I was floored. I, I did was that. Like, on, uh, Craig, uh, who's the first one? Craig, not Craig Ferguson. Craig Kilborn. Craig yeah. Kilborn. No, what, I did that. What happened to him? Uh, I don't know, man. Oh, I know what happened to him. His brother invested all his money, and he's a multimillionaire. What? Yes, his brother took all his money he made. His brother was like some badass fucking hedge fund dude or and invested all his money and he is a gazillionaire yeah wow. he's a gazillionaire yeah sorry but you did that on no 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 i did that on the show because i knew he loved basketball i did a whole set for him oh and it crushed but i remember all my friends came to the bar to watch my first national television spot and when i did that <laughs> the whole room just froze like did you just beat a chick up on national television? <laughs> i ring her bell boom <laughs> 
<clears throat> all right. Oh, so you guys, uh, you think we covered all the subjects? Yeah, man. Subjects. I love this. It was a lot of fun, man. What's your, uh, what do you do? You do like a two-minute, th- two-hour thing, or you do like, just you just go till you go? Go till go everyone till goes. goes. Awesome. All right. We covered yeah. all the bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think fun, we did. Man. I don't think I, I, I got to make sure I say who's on the show. <laughs> I might not say who's on the show. It just, yeah. Yeah. Just I was like, like, he didn't introduce us. We're just yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have no, I, you know what? I, I said to someone, I don't need to talk about this, but I said, uh, I just wanted it to be fun. That's why I don't have sponsors either. Because if I have sponsors, then I feel like I have to fucking, yeah. why, you know, like right. I just figure I'll just do this. I make brought money to you by sponsors. your gardener. Yeah, leaf blower. That's how I've been doing it. I need to get someone to run the fucking board to make sure it sounds right. So halfway through this thing, I was like, I think we're blowing out all the levels. Well, and then a fucking somebody, yard man comes by. I know somebody who's really good at it. Really? If you need somebody, my friend Renee, yeah. Um, do you guys want to plug anything? Uh, this will air next week. I got, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at the uh, um, San Jose Improv next nice. week. Next I'll be week. on. Uh, Are you really? Yeah. I'll be I at Whitney's new sh- talk show. I'll be on it. Who's who's? Whitney Cummings. Oh, you do it? Really? Yeah. You know what? You know what's so funny about what you're saying about being nice to people? When I first moved to LA, I realized that there was a lot of the upper guys were really mean to the lower guys because they didn't have the credits. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm never going to do that ever to anybody. So I always would like anybody I see doing comedy. I'm the nice people. And literally, my career's gone up and down. But the reason it mostly when it comes back up is because all the guys who are coming up. Dude, I treat like gold. Yeah. Not that like, oh, they're gonna help me, but I just treat like that them like gold. They all come back. Well, there's no reason not to. Just as a human being, it's yeah. like that's what that's, I don't get that mentality. I think I think the problem is a lot of comedians have a lot of, uh, as we all know, like a lot of psychological problems, and then and they're not they're not good being like, like they're antisocial. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm it's, saying. I remember when I started. I remember watching some people like go, were going on tour together. I, f- I forget who it was, and I, I started with Dimitri Martin, and I was like. And I remember thinking, Dimitri is so talented. I'm like, I'm going to be nice as fuck to him. And hopefully when he's famous, he'll put me on something. No, never. <laughs> Not that my stand-up my stand-up's very different than his. But, yeah. but, I, but I really haven't had – I don't think I've had – I don't – I've just been nice to people, but I don't. I've, I don't think I've ever be- benefited me yet. It'll but no, but you know what? Soon. But you know what? It comes. Listen, man. It's it's not even like you it's said. Not, it's not well, a, I don't for, do it to be like, oh man, hook me up. Yeah. No, yeah. first of all, first of all, it's like it's a reflection of your, your mentality. If you're a good person, you're a good person. Number one. Number two, you never know what's going to come around. That's how, the whole thing. Where, yeah, when. Hopefully, no, hopefully, this will turn into a Beirut tour. Yeah, I'm fucking Let's all do about it. it. All right, here's my last off, thing I want. Here's the last thing. I'm going to be on Whitney. I love you, mean it, on the 15th. And then January 31st, I'm doing the first ever gay naughty show. It's a gay-themed naughty oh, show. I got to come to By the Flesh show. Jack is sponsoring it, fleshjack.com. Check that out. And uh, I'll be at the AVNs. I wrote all the sketches for the AVNs January this year, so. 26th, my special comes out on Showtime. I come in peace. Oh, cool, dude. I, and I'm very excited you're on. It's called I Come in Peace. Hey, you're, you're, Bert, you're, thank you so much you for having me on. AVNs? No, this, I never get a chance to see you enough. And, I never uh, get to see anybody. This is the only time I get to hang out with people is if I podcast it. And I'd love to do it anytime. And any Monday you're in town, both of you guys should come on my Naughty Show podcast. Awesome. Would love to. Monday. Done. All right. Wow. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.